ever, ever do that again. No, 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 no. Do not ever do that again. That is not for the triangle. No, it does not make up for the freaking. It does. That's not all intro. That's not all. <laughs> when we was like, I hate it on the passion. Something happened. And I feel like you need to do the real intro. No, something happened with the, with the order of the videos. And you better delete our that. Our usual intro is where that, this one is. You better delete that and burn <laughs> it. I'm it's so. part of our history. We can't delete it. <laughs> Sorry. Should I we'll go into it from the, the intro? Time. I think you should play the real one. Thank you. Play the real one. I don't want to hear this nonsense in my intro. <laughs> I don't even know if this is the right one. I'll try. Oh, yes. Which one, which, which one do you prefer? Please, Richie. See, I like the second. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the beat on the second one as well was... Obviously. <sighs> okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Your Aunties Could Never. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with some peoples. Ladies, introduce yourselves. I'm Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. Auntie Sade. And we have a special guest in the building. Um... I don't know if you're an uncle or a nephew, young man. I don't even know what to call you. Are you an uncle yet? I'm a mixture. That don't make no sense. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Depends. He's a I'm uncle. A, I've been an uncle since I was 17, to be honest. So we can oh. go. With there we go. You're an uncle. I'm okay. So introduce yourself, sir. I am Uncle Brave. You <laughs> <laughs> wanted that title, didn't it? Uncle Brave. Yeah, I love Brave. it. I'm Uncle Brave, yeah. <laughs> Richie Brave. What am I saying? What I do and who I am and all that. No, we're gonna get into that later. We don't okay, need to. Know cool. Uncle Brave, man. Cool, cool. Welcome, 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 Auntie Farah. Take it away. Sorry, I'm having technical issues. My laptop was dead in. It's it's actually still dying. Um. Okay. Right. So this is just for Richie. This is what we do at the start of the show to get us a little bit warmed up. And um, this is just simple. Would you rather? Okay. So, <clears throat> would you rather the aliens that make first contact to be robotic or organic? Organic. And why? Just because it's more fun, isn't it? Like, I just think if they're robots, they're made... Either way, if they're going to kill you, gonna, they're going to kill you. So if it's robots, they will program the robots to kill you. If they're organic, they're going to kill you with their chest. But me, I've got hope because, you know, <laughs> people are wild. So maybe aliens will be nicer, you know. So which is right? Disagree. Next question. I, I, I would go with organic. Yes. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Richie's reasons make sense, really. What organic versus metal, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. we don't know what subject. Predator versus predator, but aliens. No, 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 no. Predator was scary, man. Well, that's yeah. my predator's organic. But it was mad scary. I don't, if, I, if, they're, if they're organic, they're easier to, they're potentially easier to get to. And kill. If, and they're, if they're organic, humans will kill them. But also, the flip side, I'm watching War of the World season two now, and they've got the the um, the aliens that have come that were like the kind of dog-like robot things, metal things, 
had a little bit of organic matter under some certain thing. So you had to kill them at the right, right angle. They've now got humans who have been mutated, who look like, so unless, and they've got like, they've got a tattoo to distinguish everybody from everybody, but that's another little slip trick that the aliens could do. Then you, you don't know who you're shooting or killing. That's so a really simple question. <laughs> you know, we go deep, we go deep, go deep. Okay, cool. I don't know um, what I'm what I'm do you want to say? Take me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with whichever alien comes over. It's like take me from That's Earth. Faro, do you mean take me? Take me or take me? No, I don't mean. Ah, what, is, what do you think this is? <laughs> oh, okay. Next, Auntie Charlotte, what did you choose? I choose. Uh, oh God, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to choose. Um, I think I'm actually going to go with robotic, you know, because um, because I think that humans will, if they're, if they're organic, humans will kill first and try and understand later. Do you know what I mean? Because they're so destructive. So I think like robotic, like at least they'll have a better chance of if there's going to be peace between our different species. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Next. But who's controlling Sorry, go on. Go on. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Um, like who's controlling the robot? If it's robotic, it's still gonna kill you because it's been controlled. Not by, necessarily. Right? They might be a peaceful robotic. Um, no, but robots are controlled by something. But they might be controlled. That, but that might be their species. That they're they're just like robots. But the ball. Like in, um, have you guys seen Valerian? No. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah. Like, see, see in a different world, yeah. And yeah. they have like the information, aliens. Do you know what I mean? They're like robots, but they're very peaceful. They yeah. just information that's all they do okay would you rather <laughs> one i hope this is an easier one would you rather have ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife or always have a knife but never be able to use a spoon <laughs> oh that's ironic isn't it and that always is have a knife <laughs> always have a knife surely yeah no I do. You might need to shank someone. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Joking. Joking. <laughs> to be fair, though, a knife is kind of more functional than a spoon because you can still do the same things with a knife as you can with a spoon, but you can't do the same things with a spoon as you can with a knife. You just can't get as much in. It's all right. I can take my time eating. It's fine. Knife. I'm going with a knife. I feel like with a spoon, like... Mm. Was it 20,000 spoons? <laughs> uh, 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Or it's like 10,000 spoons when no. all you need is a knife. Exactly. Is that, is that really a lyric? Yeah. yeah. Um, Alanis Monroe said, isn't it ironic? ironic. Oh, that. I didn't get it. He said, not ironic. I don't think, just to go back to that tune though, not everything that she said to me was ironic. No, no, it wasn't at all. You know, they don't really get irony anyway. They're not like, wow. I was like, no, I think she made a mistake. That's all that it rang and it went with the rhythm, so she went with it. Running the lyric, go on then. I would choose a knife because anything you eat with a spoon potentially has the capacity to melt, and if it melts, that means I can do that. I, I, mean, like I, mean, I mean, if I have a knife, 
if, if I needed a spoon and I had a knife, I could cut what I had and use my hands. So a knife is going to be more... Like, imagine never being able to have a knife. You can't cut your food. You can't cut, like, meat. You can't cut fish. You can't cut fruit. You can't cut veg. You can't cut... There's you know what I was thinking of? Sorry, Laura, to cut you, but you know, like, uh, Chaka Bards, he only has a knife. That's all he has. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he only has a sword and his chest. That's what he has. <laughs> anyway, Bards hardly on. has clothes. You're <laughs> stressing Richie out. I, I think I'm going to have a spoon. I have no idea. I know I'm going to run into issues, but I think I'll have a spoon and work it out. I don't know how to cut it. Can we uh, dive back into that? It's not a spoon, you know. It's 10,000. What? Yeah. <laughs> 10,000 spoons <laughs> and I need a knife. <laughs> you go to get your soup or your ice cream or whatever, and it's not one spoon. It's 10,000 disappear. Oh, hold on. Imagine eating soup. Oh, you can go like that. So you're going to... Okay, whatever. Let's move on because, damn. <laughs> Last one. Last one. Would you rather have a terrible boss but a great job or a great job or a great boss but a terrible job? You have to expand on the terrible. What's terrible? No, it's your definition of terrible. They could stink or they could just be nasty or they could be harassing you or they could just be like rubbish at their job and you have to do their job. It could be so many things, but it's your definition of terrible. Oh. No, boss. I don't want any of that. No, you can't answer that way, way, young lady. Otherwise, I would have said that. It's not that one. No, you have to pick one. Good job. No, I think I think good boss. I say good boss because I feel like when you have when you like the people that you work with, like it just doesn't feel like work anyway. Do you know what I mean? So you can near enough do anything um, and still yeah, and and have a good quality of life. You guys don't agree. With I mean, come on. <laughs> A terrible boss could be that he doesn't do the work that I do the most of and get all the credit, so it's a great job. No, he's a terrible boss, so you don't get the credit. Oh, God. He's a terrible boss. Rain on my dreams. When we're saying good job, though, you're going to be earning the money, innit? Could be earning the money. Could just be you enjoy the people that you work with. It could just be you like the job. Do you know what? There are a lot of bad bosses, and I've had jobs where I was like, ah, uh, fuck you. Excuse my... Well, no. Are you allowed to fucking swear? Amazing. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's grown folks' places. Grown folks are congregating. Aunties and uncles are talking. Um, um, now, nah, I think I'll have the terrible boss because, yeah, I think I've had bad bosses before. Terrible, though. Nah, I'm making a good job because when you have a terrible boss and you're in a terrible situation and you don't want to go to work, it makes you physically sick. And oh. every minute, every single minute of every single working day, takes 10,000 years and you're just clock watching for the entire time. No, I'd rather have a good job. I mean, I'd rather have the other way around. I don't want a terrible boss. No way. I don't want a terrible boss. Uncle Richie, what about you? Training. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I, these are like quick fire, innit? And it's so difficult because there's lots of things to consider. Like how much am I getting paid? When I say it's a great job, what kind of job is it? Like if it's a corporate job and there's lots of like bureaucracy involved, then I'd rather have a good boss and a shit job. If it's something creative where I could be creative, I would rather have... No, I'd rather have a good boss and a shit job if it was like like admin and bureaucracy and all that kind of stuff. I'd rather have a good job and a shit boss if it was like something creative that I would enjoy going to and I don't have to penny them too much. You know what I mean? But like how much you pay me as well? Like it, what's the payoff scene? Can I buy a yard and that? You know what I mean? Them ones. I can buy it. <laughs> 
uncle's trying to get a house now. <laughs> Buy a yard, but you can never live in it because your boss is shit. You <laughs> <laughs> You're just fucking up my life. Great. That's what I'm saying. I was really like, I can work it, and I was just, I just shit on my dreams. I'm yeah, I'll take a, a good job with a bad no, a bad boss. Whatever. Moving on. Hey, who are we welcoming to the far and um, family, Auntie Farah? We are welcoming Auntie Angela Bassett. Woo! Auntie's birthday yesterday, and she is 63 years old, I think she is, and she just looks like she's 23 years old. She's out yeah. there popping things on all of you, them, like showing them how it is. But what I really love about Angela Bassett is she's always there for the young generation and her generation. She's a supporter of women. She's, you know, she's doing the, the most. She's doing great things. She's one of the highest paid actresses. And I'm not just going to say black actresses. I mean, actresses. And it's just amazing. I love her. Welcome to the family, Auntie B. Hey, Definitely. Auntie! <laughs> hey, Auntie! We a big salute, her. big salute. Yeah, we're big fans. Um, okay, guys, this is where we get into it. What have you heard? This is where we pick a news story from the past week or today, and we discuss it. Um, Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, I've heard what's about what's going on in Afghanistan, and it looks like the Taliban has made a resurgence. It's coming back. It's taken over. It's stormed Kabul, and... Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy tiny shit show, or a big shit show in Afghanistan right now. However, obviously, over us, over here in the West, we're all, the media's going nuts saying it's Biden's fault, it's Trump's fault, because apparently Trump paved the way for this, for the American troops to withdraw, and in that there was a trade-off of a couple of hundred of a Taliban's worst prisoners who were going to get released, so there's that kind of exchange. And then Biden kind of fumbled the bag and fumbled the ball, dropped the ball, did everything wrong in regards to how he was pulling the troops out of Afghanistan. And he he got he underestimated what the Taliban were going to do. Um, well, and the, the, the talk is from the West is that Taliban is going to shut down women's rights. The progressiveness of women in Afghanistan is going to get shut down because the Taliban are very cultural, very traditional and want women to and apparently want women to revert back to wearing burqas, not driving, not having their rights and being um, subservient to their men folk. So. There's a lot going on, um, but my question was, do you think that if, if Biden Fs this up and future subsequent major things up, is he paving the way indirectly for Trump 2024? And I'm going to go to Trump's cousin, Auntie Nana. <laughs> <laughs> You're a joker. <laughs> Trump's cousin, you know. <laughs> you fool. Um Okay, there's a there's a lot to this. I was watching various different think pieces um, and people showing the similarities between Afghanistan and um, Vietnam and actually going through this is something that America does and they're just not very good with their foreign po policies, which I guess everybody should know by now. And we should have expected that when they pull out, they're going to pull out when they want to and they're not going to really think about the people that are left behind in the country and how they now have to adjust to being war-torn for like 20 years and now an, a, a regime actually has taken over within, I think it was like 10 days, people were saying actually, from them pulling out. It was that fast when we have Biden on record saying it, they, it's not going to happen this fast. Like literally there's a robust system in place when we pull out, the government's going to be able to, to to handle it. And now coming over and shifting the blame and being like, well, the government are the ones that like kind of deserted their people. So why should we send troops back in after you caused all of this shit? But 
then again, then you go even further and it is like it wasn't too long ago that America were actually like praising the Taliban and they were arming them when they wanted to change the regime in Afghanistan before. So this is what America does. And as I've said, although I'm not Trump's cousin, but they're all of the same ilk. And when everybody was for Biden and they threw in the black woman in there as well, when people were like, these guys are going to do great, I knew that they were fuckeries because they all are. So I'm not surprised. He is going to fumble everything because that's what they all do. America is just going to be America. They're going to do what they're going to do and fuck everybody else in the process. So I'm not surprised and he'll do more. This is just one thing. They'll go around the world still fucking up shit. What I do hope for Afghanistan, though, is, um, you know, not that they're any better, but you do have China being like, we are going to trade with them. You do have the Taliban saying we are going to be more moderate in our in our approach. And we want the world to see us as actually a feasible government to govern Afghanistan. Let's see how it goes. I just pray for the people, really. This is a shit show. And it's human beings that have to live under this shit show. But I, I really hope that the Taliban do treat people fairly and women's rights don't revert back and people can still carry on with their education and, you know, drive and have employment the rumours are sketchy that they are actually taking back some type of jobs, but hopefully it won't be too drastic. All we can do is pray at this point. Uh, Uncle Richie, because you were nodding. Yeah, do you know what? I think we've, like, historically, if you look at where Afghanistan is now and where it was previously, it's been a country that's been majorly destabilised for decades. And any destabilisation gives Western powers the ability to come in and place whatever leader they want at the the head of the country, further destabilising the country, but sometimes for the... um, for the political interests of said country. So like Britain would have put people in place in particular countries. Um, Same thing with America, right? So like CIA, all of that have been involved in that. What I would say though is, um, yeah, I hear it like in terms of the Taliban saying that, you know, they're going to have a more moderate approach, but you know, um, Women's Hour just released a video saying that they were going, like the Taliban were going around marking the doors of women who were bloggers and YouTubers um, or like progressives um, to remind them to come back to those houses. Those are the houses that are going to target. So like essentially what you see, and I, I think it's the same with any political power. Once you gain power, you say all the right things when you're there. And then when everyone's back's turned, that's when you go back to doing whatever fuckery it is that you want to do. Um, and we've seen that in Britain. We've seen that in America. And it's probably no different in Afghanistan, really. So the situation's really fresh. It's really new. And I'd be interested. Have you seen what Afghanistan looked like in the sixties? Have you seen pictures? Not really looked at. Yeah, them. yeah, oh yeah. No, I, was, I was watching. I was watching footage actually. Like, and it, it was. It's a beautiful country, and there are parts of Afghanistan that are still beautiful as well. But man, it was. It's a beautiful country, it really is. So, like Afghanistan in the sixties was at the head. Like they were one of the forefront like runners in technological advancement mm. and science. Like, it's, if you see what Afghanistan looked like in the 60s and what it looks like now, and I'm not saying that, um, like, modern things, like like women in miniskirts and all of that kind of stuff is what Afghanistan looked like in the 60s, and I'm not saying that is an example of a progressive society, but what I am saying now is Afghanistan right now is in ruins. 
right? So to go from a place that is a hub of technological advancement to a place that is in ruins where women weren't allowed to drive cars and can't be on the street without chaperones is a real problem to me. And I just worry for the people of the country, the shift, the political shifts happen now, but it's usually not the shift that creates all the issues, it's the fallout as a result. So it's the coming months. I'd be really interested to see how it's going to affect the nation quite generally. And my worry is for women inside um, Afghanistan right now. I'm really concerned for their safety. Antishade. Um, Yeah, I mean, of course, all of that. I think um, the US, the way I see it, it's just like, I, I, I don't know what they want. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because on one hand, they're like, yeah, you know, we're the leaders of the free world and we bring democracy everywhere. But then they're like, you know, we want our troops home. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know which, um, what side Trump voters like lie on. Do you know what I mean? It just depends what's being pushed at that point in time in the election cycle. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and that's what they'll go with. I think it's just wishy-washy in that sense. Like, of course, like, feeling for the country and stuff and everything like that. But I do think like, you know, the US also, you know, as like with the UK, but not necessarily so extreme at the moment, but in certain states in the US, they're, you know, banning things like abortion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And and slowly but surely taking away women's rights. So we do see this, you know, this everywhere. It pops up around the world. Um everywhere. I just generally think the US and the UK have blood blood on their hands um, with regards to Afghanistan and many, many, many other countries around the world as well kind of thing. It's just, um, it's just really disappointing, but I am kind of really um, uh, sceptical of any kind of Western narrative on this country. Do you know what I mean? I'm just really, really sceptical because it's it's just going to be spun to their benefit. Do you know what I mean? And, and we just really don't know what's happening. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's um it's just a bit difficult. It kind of gives me a bit of um Zimbabwe vibes. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I think. Do you know what I mean? Where it's not always you know in like twenty years or thirty years we'll probably get the real story um and find out exactly what's going on. But we 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 won't know um now. Um, at all. And I just think it's really easy to paint, um, you know, Muslim countries as like really oppressive. Um, it's not always the case. Um, I just think that's just like a really easy go-to narrative to pick up. Ajifara. Sorry, I muted, I muted myself. Yeah, so a lot of similarities, like Auntie Nana said, have been drawn upon the Afghan war and the Vietnam war, because the Vietnam war was, again, a, a war that the Americans were in for a very long time and effectively didn't win. They, you know, they went home many years after and they had a lot of casualties. A lot of people died. A lot of people were injured. So in Af for the Afghan war, um, the Vietnam war lasted just shy of 20 years. So I think it was like 19 years. And then this is like, they've been doing this for like the last 20 years. So it's it's a long time and it's a lot of um, their troops. And there's a lot of pressure on the government to end this because I think what happens is, especially because if you think about 
their reason for going there, whether you believe it or not. But if you think about what their reasons were for going there, it was because the Taliban and 9-11 and all of that stuff. And we're now coming up to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So it's kind of, there's all these reasons why they're making this push to be out of Afghanistan now. Um, they've lost like three and a half thousand lives. There's been 20,000 people injured. It's been a lot for them as well as for the people of Afghanistan. The problem is with these Western countries when they go into these places and they say, I'm going to change the regime and I'm going to make everyone's lives better is that they go in, but because they don't know the lay of the land, their exit strategy isn't a real exit, exit strategy. So I doubt that when they went into Afghanistan, they thought that they would be there this long because they probably underestimated the person that they were fight the people that they were fighting um and how it and what they were going to do there i am very concerned about the women and the children because like we've all said um the taliban if they revert back to how they ruled before women and children can't do certain things what they have said is that um they don't want any internal or external enemies they've also said that uh the rights of women will be protected within the framework of Islam. Now, that in itself is it's up for discussion, isn't it? Because what does that actually mean? Will they be able to do some of the things that they've been doing now? Because if you even with the Bible, if you if you just went by the Bible, there's loads of things that people couldn't be doing now. Like there'd be no sex before marriage and all types of stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm just very concerned about women, especially if you think about it. There's a lot of young women who've grown up in this regime like in this and and they've had the rights to do certain things they've been able to go to school they've been able to get jobs they've been able to do all these things quite freely and now they are at home not going to work not going to school because they're in fear of what will happen like you said about like you said um uncle richie about they they're marking some of the houses so that they know to go back these women are in fear the mayor herself said i'm just sitting here waiting for them to come and kill me that is the statement that she made. So it's just, it's very sad. And again, it, it, the Western world, I just feel like they really need to think about what it is that they do, what they are doing when they go to these countries. Because yes, it has a massive impact on them. But someone made a statement today and I thought that it was very apt. They said that they didn't have an exit strategy and they basically burned the house down on their way out. And that is exactly what they've done. Yeah, I think you guys have all said it all and I don't want to um, repeat anything. It's just for me from this, um, it's the puppet mastery as well and the strategies that you can never really trust what the West is doing and their hand in things. So you don't know if what who's got who, their hand in whose pocket, what conversations they're having with political leaders behind the scenes and why this is all like the symbolism that 9-11 is coming up. And then the now the Republican versus Democrat debate. It's like part of it's like a game. It's like we're now going to, Shade said they've got shit going on in their own doorstep that's not secure and we you know so let's get can, some I, can I just say one thing I think like with conversations like that it's really important to separate out like what exactly we're speaking about so we're talking about like western influence in countries and destabilization that's one thing there's a conversation that can be had about I islamic countries or how muslims are viewed that's one conversation mm -hmm. there's also the conversation around the taliban and how they're having an influence on the country and the influence on the people and i think sometimes when we have the convos it's easy to collapse it all into one but these are very separate things so yes there is a perception of muslim countries but actually the taliban have proven to be dangerous previously and killed hundreds and thousands of people but actually there is a perception of muslim countries that the world has globally 
in non-Muslim countries that make it easy for places like America and the UK to just walk in there and do whatever they want. And that's based on racism. We know Absolutely. that. We're, we're not silly. Do you know what I mean? So there's like, there's so many different pieces to the puzzle yeah. and to the conversation. It makes it, it complicates it so much that these countries can just walk in and be like, yep, yeah, we're going to walk in. And then as soon as it's done, oh, we're just walking out and you lot deal with it. And th the man said on um, LBC the other day, um, one of the politicians, I think, he said, we're going to have to leave people there. They're going to be British citizens that are over there working for this country that we're just going to have to leave over there and they're just going to have to figure it out themselves, which is wild when you, like, when you actually think about it. It's yeah. similar to what, as we lead on to our next topic, before, well, but, but it's similar to what people say about the, the COVID situation. We're going to have to do it at some point. We're going to have to open our doors at some point. Biden said we're going to have to leave at some point. We're always going to have to leave. You know, and, and he's like, we can't stay there forever. Let's get the comments. Yeah. But, oh, I'm you come. Oh, yeah. So one second. Um, so a couple of people in the thing are saying that it's frozen. I'm just trying to find out if it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching on Facebook. It's, it's is it okay? Yeah. It's flowing. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe it's for a split second. Yeah. Okay. Can you give uh, us a thumbs up if you can see and hear us, please? Um, well, let's get the comments while we... For me, while we're slightly behind. Oh, so, okay, Nicholas saying it's okay now. I just wanted to just add in there, like, I was really thinking about how, like, the kind of refugee situation that's going to take place. And actually... I haven't I haven't seen too much talk on that because there's going to be a lot of people, you know, we've seen the airports where people are trying to leave, but it's like you're leaving to where? Yeah. Are, you, are, are we actually opening up our borders properly because we didn't really do it properly for Syria? Like, are we also going to open it up so that then um, that people can come over here and America and resettle because you've given them a, a, a standard of living that's like the West? And now the regime is coming in that isn't going to be like the West. So actually, for those young people that have grown up within this society that was being policed by the British Army and the American troops, are they going to be able to come over here? But the thing is, that's what I was thinking that about the refugees, like what's going to happen. Um, there's going to be the whole open door, open. we were opening our arms, we're going to help, we're going to support. And then that's why I'm saying the puppetry and the puppet mastery, the next incoming you know, whatever the elections are and all that stuff, that, that run-up gives easy a layup for the immigrants to come and take over our jobs and da-da-da. And blaming the current, um, the people sitting in, in, in residency or whatever in the government and say that they're just welcoming all the immigrants, I mean, all the immigrants, the refugees, breaking our borders. And it was their fault because they came out of Afghanistan. Now they're going to say, you came out of Afghanistan too quickly. You should have stayed there a bit longer. It's going to be all the rhetoric that's going to twist everyone's head and the loudest person in the room that says the right things in the right way and says a lot of immigrant stuff, negative immigrant stuff, is going to come in. It's just, that's that's the part, it's like, just playing games with people's lives. Um, but let's, go on, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say that. I just think that um, I wish, you know, the British public and the American people would just open their eyes and that see how their government just uses them over and over again to go and fight in unjust wars for unjust causes, do you know what I mean? And then just leaves them there. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's what they should be really outraged um, about, to be honest. Um, yeah, they hate I their heard, people more than anything. 
I heard a couple of um, interviews on the radio today about uh, from people who had fought in Afghanistan, British troops, and they said they feel really disappointed because what was the point? Mm. They did yeah. all of that, and now what was the point? A lot of them lost their, lost their lives, as I said. A lot of them are mentally scarred for the rest of their lives. Some, you know, the, or, uh, physically and mentally scarred for the rest yeah. of their lives. And I'm like, what is the point? And then on the flip side of that, there were people coming forward and saying, no, I think that we really did well there because now women have these this freedom. But do will they continue to have that? So I get why people are like, what's the point? Um, apparently, the British Foreign Secretary has said that they're going to let some people in, but obviously it's not going to be everybody. So well, how is that going to be released? Um, no, no, it's not Foreign Secretary, the other one. It'll come, it will come to me. I'll, I'll come back to you. Dominic? Um, but that, Dominic. Dominic. Oh, yeah. But isn't, um, it, isn't, isn't it pretty, Patel? She's the Home Secretary, yeah. So I she'll be the one that says... Get them out. Get them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, that would, they would invite people in if they can make their case. I'm pretty sure I read that today. State your case. I'm pretty sure that was the exact words as well. Is you should be able to just say, bruv, turn on the news. There's my case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, let's get a comment. What's, the, what's that girl's, sorry, so what's that girl's name that didn't she run to Afghanistan? So what, does she get to come home now? Imagine no, no, she, went, she went to um, Syria, didn't she? Oh, was in Syria. Sorry, my bad, my bad. She should still come yeah. home. Anyway, please let's get the comments. We move on. Okay, all right. I mean, there's only one actually. So it's from Ronald. He says, "I'm glad that we got out of Afghanistan. It was messy, but it was going to be messy no matter when we left." And hello to everybody. Yes, hello everybody. Um, okay, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? What have I heard? Hold on, hold up. Wait a minute. I had it here, and now it's gone. So my question is to you guys. Yesterday in the UK, well, in Britain, in England, should I say, because England has followed suit with uh, Northern Ireland and Scotland and Wales. But yesterday, the new legislation came into place that if you are double jabbed, you no longer need to self-isolate if you have been around somebody who has tested positive for COVID. You don't have to take a PCR test. It is recommended but it is not mandatory that you take a pcr test if someone has tested positive and you've been in close contact with them my question to you is this too soon given the lack of information about um vaccinations and and in the sense of they don't know if they know that people can get the um still can get covid if they've been vaccinated but they don't know the rate of transmission in people with double jabs who get covid to everybody else so my thing to you is is it too soon to be saying that me and you are sat in a room together, you're double jab, I've got COVID, and then you go about your business throughout the world without wearing masks or socially distancing? <laughs> Auntie Nana. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's not your turn. No, 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 let me go somewhere Thank else. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were coming to me. I knew I mean, it. I knew I mean, it. Um, do I think that... <laughs> Do I think freedom? Do I believe in freedom? If that's is that what you're <laughs> but, you know, of course I do. <laughs> I think um I mean to be honest, it is what you just said, Auntie Farah. Do you know what I mean? We have to get on with it now. That's 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 basically it. There's not there's no there's no kind of um there's no cure at the moment, do you know what I mean? It's behaving like the flu virus. We're going to get different strands. Um, so it seems like every year or more frequently than that, the ice caps are melting, so there's going to be more. <laughs> 
variants coming in, Smithfield. We just, it's just going to be, unfortunately, and I say this, you know, obviously, caveat, very sorry for everyone that's lost their lives and all that kind of thing and been affected by this, but it is going to be like survival of the fittest. That's basically it. Do you know what I mean? I think that this is probably, you know, end of days and we'll just have to kill <laughs> Uncle Richie. <laughs> the robot aliens are coming. Oh God, everyone's going to hate me. Um, I feel like we constantly overlook the most vulnerable people in society. And I do, and I hear people talking about like survival of the fittest, but then we start to move into eugenics, right? And who deserves to live and who doesn't. And it's like, like people say, oh yeah, this person, oh, did they have underlying health conditions? And for some people it's like, yeah, they did, but that person could have lived the extra 25 years if they never got COVID. Mm -hmm. So that we, we start to do this spectrum thing, not we, like in the conversation we're having, but you see it on the news and like online, we have this spectrum of, well, how valuable is your life? And do you deserve to die? Did you have it coming? Like, could your death have been prevented? Well, you know, everyone's going to have to get on with it anyway. So we always might, we, we might start going, might as well just start going out. But actually there are people out there that could live long, fruitful lives if COVID wasn't mismanaged in the way that it was. So if you look previously at March when it first happened, Boris Johnson openly said there's no chance of a London lockdown and that won't be happening. And that's when cases were skyrocketing. So my whole thing is if it was managed in the beginning in the same way that New Zealand did and said, this is something that's deadly, lock the whole place down, maybe for three, four weeks and get it done, then maybe we'd be in a better position. But we were allowing people into the country from wherever. That's how all of these different, our borders have always been open. I've seen people in Dubai living their best <laughs> lives. You know I mean, people out and about. And it's just for me, like maybe I'm a little bit soft in it. Like, and you know, I also nearly lost my dad to COVID in the beginning in like March, but thankfully, thankfully he survived. Like I always think about the most vulnerable people and like, I'm a community guy, right? So for me, it's a little bit too early. I'm like, we, like, I'm double jabbed. I've had my jabs. I had mine ages ago um, because I've got underlying health condition. So like, I had my, I've been double jabbed since maybe March, April. And I still test now. Like if I go out somewhere or I do something, because it's like, I would never be able to live with myself if I pass COVID onto someone and they don't survive or they have a really bad time with it, you know? So my back, like in the back of my head is always like, if something happens to someone that I love, I won't be able to live with myself. If I'm just out here just living and I've been exposed to COVID-19 and I've possibly got it and I'm passing it on, I just, I don't know, man. I'm waffling. I'm just saying for me, it's community. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, it's always community for me. Auntie Nana, I, I actually think you made a, a good point because I think there shouldn't be this two-strand way of living. Like, literally, it... It's not like when you get double jabbed, you're not able to pass it on. They have stipulated that you can. So to me, it's like you're trying to give people all of these perks for the ones that were double jabbed to try and get more people to do it. And it doesn't make any sense. And that's been the strategy. It doesn't seem to make sense. That's why it's so wishy-washy. It's like just stick one way. If this is very serious and as deadly as it is, why are you allowing this to kind of like just flow in a way where people are dying from it? It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to me. So if you're treating one set of people one way, the other set should be treated that way as well. And if everything is about precaution and preventative measures, that should state, that should be the, the way for everyone. I also think most people though have a similar point of view as Richie. 
Like, even if they are double jabbed, if you're in contact with somebody that has had COVID, I think you probably are going to test and you may still quarantine as well. I don't think people are as reckless or as keen to get out there as they're kind of making out. Like, I actually think most people are quite cautious. And that's the whole thing of also forcing people or, or like cajoling people into getting vaccinated. You don't have to do that. Most people actually want people around them to live. Like, we're not all frivolous. You're going to do the right thing. Most people are going to do the right thing for humanity. Now, the ones that don't, I don't know if they're humans, though. That's the thing. It's like, there's a there's a lot of folks out there that just do bare fuckery's things. And it's like, you can't be human because most people are really decent and good. Now, you're not thinking about all facts. I'm actually <laughs> dead. I really want to say, I know Charlie's going to say what I'm going to say. Go on. All the people you are saying that, really care and are going to get tested at every moment. Everyone that went to Wembley, 51st State, Matt's Barbecue, um, Wireless Festival upcoming, anyone who has been to any mass event has a bit of blood on their not blood and real blood, but they have, and if they didn't stay in the house by themselves for 10 days or didn't go and get a PCR or a lateral flow test and test themselves to double check if they've got it and just went about the business until they felt, oh, 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 and then they were taken but it's but that's the point you you can't i think humans but if are you're gonna... sick most people who are sick at this moment yeah, but most people don't get symptoms that's, but that's what I'm like as, okay excuse me as a I'm say, i've got a week left of saying it as a covid survivor like or something you know i like for real um because it's like I didn't know I was sick i i was fine and then i started to oh and i really believed i was saying to the girls it's the flu I literally, because I didn't really think I had, because I think there's people that really don't understand what, how COVID comes onto you, how you get it. So I really, really believed I had the flu until I was really manned down and couldn't do F all. And then then I did, then I did the, t I didn't actually, I did the test when I got a cold and it came up negative. So there's that as well. You take the test within a few days, maybe because you feel like a bit sniffly and it's negative. And then when it kicks in proper, you've been around people. The only thing for me is that because I was working from home, so I might have gone about my business if I didn't feel that bad, but I just felt like, oh, I've got a cold, so I don't feel okay. good. Okay. No, but, but what I'm saying is most people that were around you, even if they had been double jabbed, but they were in close proximity to you, and if they were going to be around other people, don't you think they'd probably just take a quick test? Just to I see? can't speak on the people who are around me what they did, but I don't think everybody does do that because you've got to live your life as well because there's an element where we need to get back to life. So some people are like, they're not... It's not that they'll do what they need to do if they need to do it. But I don't think in the immediacy that everyone's thinking that way. And just want to say, everyone, not everyone. I'm saying the majority. I don't know if it's the majority. I don't know. I can't. I just don't think. I don't know about the majority because I think that if you think about the Wembley football goers, how many of them do you think went home and took a test because That's they? Not my point, though. You lot are going somewhere else. My my question to you all, and and my point is like because I I understand what you're saying. Everyone's got to get back to some sense of norma normality. I understand that. But my issue is kind of what Auntie um, Shade, Auntie Nana was saying. It's the rules for this group and the rules for yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing. The point is the disease has not stopped. Whether you're jabbed or not jabbed, the, the point is the disease is still rampant. The, it, you having a double jab just means that the chances of you getting it very badly are a lot less. That's what it is. It doesn't stop you from getting COVID. So my point is this, if you are around somebody who has COVID, you no longer have to isolate because you're double jabbed. 
That does not make any sense in the world at all. How do you not have to isolate, but you can still pass it on? Because I get, I get the thing about everyone. No one, realistically, not everyone's going to go around testing every day. And like, it's great if you're around. If if you, it's great if you do because, like Uncle Richie said, if you're around people that you know are vulnerable in your life and you you don't want to pass it on to them, then yeah, that's fantastic. You get your tests. But most people, there are, as I've said on here before, there are a lot of people who work freelance. There are a lot of people who work, you know, zero hours. And these people understand, not not all of them are double jabs as well. So these people understand that if they have to isolate, they're going to miss out. Yeah. My, my issue is, though, it's, it's knowing that the disease can still be passed on. The government are basically sending man out there, knowing that basically. you can pass on the disease. Yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to think. And if you have the disease, you can pass on the disease. But you don't have to self-isolate. Oh, I'm lying in bed with my gal every day and I'm rubbing her up and she's got COVID. I'm double jabbed, so I'm cool. That doesn't mean that you're cool because the point is as well, they are not saying that you, they're not saying you have to isolate and they're also saying that it is not mandatory for you to take a test. What the fuck yeah. is that? How can they tell you? Are they converted back to because they can't manage it. That's basically the NHS can't cope, they can't manage it. That's They're basically point. saying whether people want to deal with it or not, to be honest, it is survival of the fittest. That's 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 basically they've just said herd immunity, fuck it. That's basically what they said. Do you know what I mean? And which is actually what they wanted to do from the beginning. <laughs> but the British public were like, no, the media were like, no, we can't do that kind of thing. So we had lockdown after lockdown, disruption to our economy, our way of life and everything like that. And we're right back where we started. Come come winter, we'll see, we'll see what's gonna happen. They have already said, they have already said that in the autumn we are going to see new levels. They have yeah. already said that. Because that everyone is back outside now. There's no social distancing measures, and I'm not saying, and I'm not necessarily sitting here saying that there should be all of these things. I'm not. I'm just. I am saying though, you having one rule for people who are double jabbed, and a separate rule for people who are not. That's not the issue. The issue is the transmission. You can still transmit. You can still. You can still pass that shit on. You can still. There are people I know now who are severely ill, and they've been double jabbed. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, you can't be saying you don't have to, like, isolate. That's madness. Madness. I think it's wrong. Um, New Zealand, by the way, they've had one, they found one case and they went back in lockdown. The Prime Minister yeah. said, Jacinda yeah, said, New Zealand will go into national lockdown on Tuesday night after detecting one case of COVID-19. Wow. And it's one case since February. That's their well, one case they since were, February. I bet they're British as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and for the record, I think it's too soon. I, you need to just, it's too soon, don't know nothing. Like today, calling um, the NHS line or whatever, because we, we're traveling at the end of the month. I want to know what I, because I'm exempt from taking the tests, the travel test, because I've had really? it. I'm exempt. I don't have it's to take three the travel test. Because, three steps. Because they said that the COVID sits in your body for 180 days. So if I was to potentially take a PCR test, even though, and this isn't the mad thing, I've taken tests and I'm COVID free. However, if I take a test, it could potentially show up. Maybe, I don't know, if I'm a bit warm or something, and it'll show up that I've got COVID. These times, I'm not, I haven't got COVID, but it's in my system, and all the stuff, for 180 days. So they, yes. that's why the guy's are like, no, you, you you don't need to take the test. So I don't have to take any of the tests. You don't have to pay all of that test money. And there's that, there was that conversation too. No, how the way back. Yeah, mate, on the way back, yeah, sure. So but going, on the way out, 
traveling she doesn't have there's three basically it's a passport system whether or not they want to actually say that it is it's a passport system and the passport system is you show that you have two covid jabs or you show you show um a negative pcr test or lateral flow in some countries or you show that you've had covid within the last 30 to 180 days and that's that will get you to where you need to go once you get there all right does it not come across like there's benefits in some ways to having COVID. Absolutely. So definitely. I'm just saying like my little brain, how it's ticking over, it's like they want everyone to kind of have COVID. <laughs> or be jabbed. Why do they want everyone to have but if you're getting jabbed, aren't you getting a little piece of COVID in yeah. you? For yeah. The- well, no? Yeah. No, no, that's not how the jabs work. There's no COVID in the jabs. No. No, no, no. They push some into you. I swear that's what they said. No, no, no. So basically, how mRNA vaccines work is they provide a script to your immune system. So it's a bit like you learning a script before you go on stage. Or like when they give you like a fire test on a plane in the case of an emergency. So it's providing the script to your um, immune system. Now, when it's faced with COVID, it knows what to do. But there's no COVID in the jabs. There isn't. Okay, okay. All right, so you're taking <laughs> that part out. You're suspicious face. Right. <laughs> you're taking I'm that part out. For a second, I'm not, I'm not 100% believing it, but I'll believe it for now. But still, there's benefits to having COVID, though. Why do oh. they want everyone to kind of have it? I don't know what their game is because they said something. I mean, if you're a conspiracy theorist, it's, I don't know, because it also, uh, my story was initially how um, it affects women's menstruation. Close your ears, Auntie Sade. Um <laughs> It affects women's menstruation, and and I have to say, hold on, hold on, menstruation. Yeah, menstruation. no, you really? You words, man. It's too much. Wait, what's wrong with you? It's menstruation. It's not it's menstruation. You're drawing it out. Menstruation. It's called menstruation. It's what's not the menstruation. Menstruation. It's menstruation. It's not menstruation. Yeah, it's menstruation. We no, actually no, need no. to get clips of. Okay, I don't know how you passed English. That's what I would just say. Let me let me just make it clear. I've got an A and a B, and I've got a journalism degree. It's menstruation. That's how you say it. No, it's not. Just like it's not for it's not menstruation. It's for last. It's not fellatio, not it, menstruation. It, it, so what, are you, what are you meant to say? What are you meant to say? Menstruation, menstruation, menstruation. menstruation. It's yeah. just because of language. People are just running it together. It's menstruation. Language that we speak. That's the language we speak collectively. What you're saying is the real thing. What you're saying. It's it's real thing. Even I thought it was menstruation. You're a man. Thank you. That's okay, Uncle Richie. That's okay that you think that. That's okay. I, mean, yes. I don't have a cycle, so let me just bow out. Exactly. You know I, mean? I menstruate. Yes, menstruation. Stru, stru. It's not even stew. It's straight. Stru. Yeah, yeah menstruation. Thank you, Uncle Richie. No one says that. No, nobody does. No one says that. No one says that. I mean, Apart so the U is silent. Is that what we're saying? The U is silent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, we, we're we're that, yeah. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
the thing is, no, yeah, no. Why is I Seriously, I just don't understand. It's like, just the way people talk. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Menstruation. Hello, hello, shush. I've got a thing that how to Menstruation. Yeah, menstruation. 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 Thank you. No, you were saying menstruation. Hold on, wait. We get get the comments on this. I didn't even finish my point. Get the comments on this. <laughs> All right. So Iola is saying that it is menstruation. Wrong. <laughs> and then Candy says, "Is there a doctor in the house to put us straight?" And Iola says, "Don't bad up Uncle Richie. That's sexist." <laughs> you joker. Miss <laughs> um, Latang says, "I say it like Auntie AK too." You're all saying it's, it wrong, though. You're no. all saying it wrong, honestly. It's just menstruation. It's, it's menstruation, menstruation, that's it. But it's you're like, not saying it, but you're just saying it quicker. And I just say menstruation. Yeah, yeah but you're saying it wrong. That's, that's the same as you're saying, saying, saying it wrong. Furthermore, back to COVID, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're saying wrong. So my so my oh, period God. was disturbed when I had COVID. All right, the fuck okay. I was trying to say. Thank you. So and there's so there's a conversation about why there's a lack of research into when people who people who have their the fucking hell man people who have their period yeah. um, menstruate um, yes I'm going to say how I want to fucking okay. say it yes okay. <laughs> um, yeah there's lack of research into how COVID affects and the COVID vaccine affects those people so there's always kind of conversation about what the hell's going on what do they want there is um you know the Handmaid's Tale looming for us women so there's all of that shit as well so you know new world order let's go. And there's a few comments about this situation. Um, I think sorry, there's one. Sorry, let me let me scroll up. If you see something, say it. I'll, I'll chip in. Um, then then RG on YouTube says, "But how can we get herd immunity if the virus keeps mutating?" And also, she they say it makes zero sense. And taking a PCR test to ensure that you don't have COVID is advised and not mandatory. Um, and then and again, someone else said about the uh, new strains. Okay, Auntie. You witches, Auntie Nana. What have you heard? <laughs> Is it me? Okay, all right. So, um, the mine was kind of a sad one, you know. I was, uh, I, I, I don't know. Haiti just seems to always be on my heart, but this latest um, earthquake again, like from when the president got shot, it was just like within months they have another tragedy. And it doesn't seem to be happening on the other side of the island with um, Dem uh, oh, why has the name gone out of my head? Dominican but you guys know what I'm talking about. That's it, Dominican Republic. Republic. Yeah, that it, it, there doesn't seem to be the same level of atrocities taking place on that side of the island. And obviously, it's me, so it led me down the path of why is this? Why does Haiti always seem to be? having these natural disasters taking place. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that as well. If you was thinking in the same way I was, like they're just playing about with the weather and they're destabilising the country um, naturally, or am I just overthinking it and this is just another tragedy for Haiti? Uncle Richie, what's your thoughts? Oh, God, not me first. Oh, gosh. Um... Sorry. I don't have a, I don't have an answer. Like I don't know. I think the whole thing's so tragic, and every time I think about it, I just think of what Haitians had to go through for their freedom. You know, like if you look historically at what Haitians did, and they were pioneers when it came to fighting against slavery, and they really went through it. And then you look at the fact that they had to pay 
France for years and years. it's like one thing after another. Yeah. It's a beautiful country and a beautiful set of people and it's just so tragic and I actually don't have an answer. My heart breaks for the people of Haiti. That's all I can say. I just... I. I just like I get why people think maybe it's like people playing with the weather. I think there's you know when we mentioned Afghanistan earlier on, mm. there's definitely been a destabilization of the country. That's a fact. Like Haiti has been targeted and punished for their resistance against yeah. like, colonialism and slavery. They've definitely been punished for it. Um, but everything else is like I don't know. I I wish I had an answer. I wish I could just cure it all and take it away. To be honest, it just makes me so sad. Um, Auntie Farah. Um, okay. So, we've got to remember that Haiti where that's not the case with Dominican Republic. It's right on two fault lines. So, where they're getting the earthquakes, um, that's as a result of the, the, um, the earth itself. Um, in terms of hurricanes and why they're getting hit, the West Indies, as you know, and this Caribbean, as you know, this time of the year, that's you know, it's it's rife. They're on they're in that path as well. What I don't like is when people start saying that it's because of voodoo, it's because they you know, de devil worshipping and all of this fucking bullshit narrative that has not come from us. That's not why this is happening. Yes, you're absolutely right, the country's been destabilized, but that's because of Western influence, because they because Haiti have, have resisted, and there are probably lots of things that they're doing, but you know, it's not down to devil worshipping, it's not down to voodoo, it's not down to any kind of juju, it's not down to any of that shit. And I am just deeply, deeply sad for the Haitian people because they are a very poor country and every time they build themselves back up, they get knocked down. And that is what I'm fucking sad about and it, my heart just breaks for them. Agree of everything you just said. Yeah. Auntie Shade. Yeah, sorry, Auntie Shade, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree as well. Um, I don't know, it's just it's just really just sad. I think it's probably more to do with climate change than anything, do you know what I mean? And it just, you know, with those kind of things, it will all, you know, it tends to be the, you know, poorer countries that are more affected by these things and not, not the ones actually causing the problems in the first place, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's just I, I I really don't have much more to add to be honest, kind of thing. It's just it's just really devastating. It would be good if we could maybe at the end or something like um put like a link of where people can help or donate what they can do to kind yeah. of efforts. Do you know what I mean? I've got a few names and also just just to say, I know this might be I don't even know if I can say this, but Red Cross should not be your go to if you're going to donate. It shouldn't it's be Red Cross. Absolutely not. There I think lots. that's fair to say. It's the truth. Yeah, there are lots of other charities that you can donate to. Red Cross have got a lot of really dodgy history about how they dealt with the Haitians and how much money they raised versus how much money they gave. Um, and it was investigated. It's all out there. It's not like I'm just saying saying things for saying things. But I can definitely, we can definitely, as a group, put in some reputable um, charities that you guys can look at if you want to make donations. Auntie Nana. Um, no, you guys kind of covered everything. I am, I don't know, but similar to what Uncle Richie said, it really just hurts my heart. Like actually waking up to the news alerts and seeing Haiti and an earthquake. Literally, I was, I was in floods of tears. I was just like, how can one 
one nation just constantly, it feels at this moment like it literally is every 10 years. And within the 10 years, something happens politically as well. So it's like a president gets assassinated or switched over or an election goes wrong. It's like a relentless attack on these people, really for wanting freedom. Is all, and it's just like, no, nah, it, it reflects on me because I, I, I'm melanin as well. And it's just like, so this is, when we manage to get something for ourselves, it's like, in this dynamic, it's like we can't prosper. That's how it feels. I feel like it's an attack on myself. Like, I take it very personally that they, this nation that was the first Black nation to come about in this lifetime that we're in at this moment keeps on suffering. yeah it just really feels personal and so when you go digging when you think things are personal there's always going to be an answer out there isn't there there's going to be they're doing this with the weather you're going to get the answers that you're looking for and obviously I want to go in another direction because I don't want to be a victim I don't want to go into the pity party but it does feel like there is a global agenda against black people and it feels like Haitians suffer the brunt of this in some ways and yeah, it just pisses me off. Yeah, I just think it's easy because of its positioning in the world, like as as far as referencing to its location on the tectonic plates and all that type of stuff, and it's susceptible to um, weather conditions. It makes it easy target on top of the fact that they rebelled and they stood up for themselves. So it just makes it easy target for the West. And I, yeah, I'm also I was also going to talk about the fact that this gives an excuse for maybe Christian influence and wherever that comes from to like, well, look, you lot. Are, worshiping your idols and it doesn't make a difference so now's now let's us let us come in and save you guys and definitely that was not inappropriate red cross is a dirty bungle of an organization a lot of the charities are um they all need an investigation as far as i'm concerned it you really have to be discerning about where you put your money and what they say they're doing because as we've discussed many times in this podcast the red uh, you know the church building fund how long is this charity uh, why are charities in existence for so long why are these countries not stabilized and they've raised in over the years billions at this point it's mm. it's, it's a nonsense the wrong people are getting rich and um stabilized um get the comments and let's move on maybe okay um iona says cern is the devil playing god they hate haiti because they stood up for themselves and nicola says has anyone read the book the black jacobeans i heard about it and it sounds very enlightening about the revolution and the country and t smith says absolutely correct auntie nana Okay, final. Well, no, no, we've got two more to go. Mm-hmm. We've got lots to chat about. All right, Auntie, um, Auntie Sade, your story. Okay, so mine should be like um, a quite a quick one. Um, if you were here in the UK, you probably would have seen um, an incident where one of our, I don't even know what to call him, household names, let's call him that, presenter, Eamon Holmes, um, who previously described Meghan Markle as uppity. He had the cheek to speak, <laughs> had a segment with his friend via satellite link and uh, Dr. Zoe. And uh, basically she's, uh, I think she's a black woman and she had her hair out. And he said that he loved her hair, that it reminded him of an alpaca and that he just wanted to pet it, <laughs> basically. Which, uh, who was he sitting next to? Is it Fern? I can't remember her No, name. no, no. He was sitting next to his wife. Oh, it was his wife. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she didn't say anything. <laughs> she was just trying to smile and, and, and hope for it to be over. And um, basically, Dr. Zoe was like, I think she was kind of like, 
embarrassed and she was smiling and she just said, don't touch my hair kind of thing. Um, and then I think they ended the segment. Um, my question is, so obviously Eamon has, uh, he's apologized via Twitter. He's apologized to those who would have caused the fe- he would have, who he thinks, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Um, he's apologized to people who have, who may have been offended by what he's saying. Um, not like an outright apology or anything like that. And um, basically, Dr. Zoe also uh, said that she accepted his apology um, on uh, Instagram. I want to know, do you guys um, accept Eamon's apology? (laughs) And uh, what would you have done in that situation? Um, (laughs) Where should I go to first? Oh, to Tara. Have you gone first? Really? Me? I don't don't say too much about this. Oh, yeah. But I will say that um, I have myself been in situations, in work situations, where someone... So at my old workplace, um, there was a person who was like an HOD. And he said to me once, oh, your hair's very ethnic, isn't it? So, like... (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I, I was well versed in putting this particular. Oh. You're not my boss. So if you say something, oh. I'll tell you about yourself. So I basically told him about himself and all the reasons that he should never, ever say that to a black woman or anyone ever again, basically. But yeah, it's, it's I suppose the situation, he has apologized to her as well. And she hopefully has um, explained to him why those statements are not appropriate. And to Nana. Um, Honestly, I probably would have handled it the same way Dr. Zoe did. And I feel ashamed to actually say it, but that kind of indoctrination to almost put yourself on the back foot and laugh it off and kind of like skate through it I, I know I probably would have done exactly the same thing in her position. I probably would have laughed it off. I may have said exactly the same thing as she said, like, don't touch my hair or something similar. Or like, oh, my God, that's like, that's kind of offensive, Eamon. Like, probably made him feel a, a little bit of a sting, but not as bad as how he's made me feel. And I would have weathered the storm. But watching it, I was surprised at how vexed that actually made me. <laughs> I was I was so triggered. I was literally seething. And also I've met Eamon and um, he has a friendship with one of my cousins as well. And although he says things, he totally is that bumbling white man. I probably would have passed it off on live TV, but had a word with him in private. Like this, this isn't on type of thing. Um, maybe I would say now I would do that a few years ago, probably not. I would have just weathered it and just carried on, but I hope they did have a real conversation and he really did apologize properly to her and can see the error of his ways. I don't think so, but I hope that that's, that's what's taken place. But yeah, no, I was really pissed off and I felt like, um, not just him to apologise. I felt like actually ITV needed to as well. It was just really offensive. It's like, this isn't okay. This woman was basically just doing her job. She's doing a segment and you attacked her hairstyle. And that's not okay. You you likened her to an animal 
and said, I would like to pet it. Everybody needs to be apologizing about this. Like that, that's not a um, for those who were offended type of apology. No, no, what you said was offensive. It's racist. Like actually, everybody needs to be apologizing for this as well. And what I've said before, the apology needs to come with compensation. You have done something to her. She should also be compensated monetarily as well. Like that was really embarrassing. Um, but. Yeah, I, I hope these things start getting implemented. When you say racist things, if you're not going to lose your job, then I think you need to pay. Like you actually need to pay for the damage that you cause somebody for that moment. They need to be compensated. And then compensate all black women that had to watch it and be triggered by it. <laughs> and all black women who happen to walk around in the vicinity. They should all be compensated. We should just have a running um, bank account. Um, Auntie Shadow. Um, has everyone said something? Sorry. My bad. Um, um, Uncle Richie, sorry. No, it's all right. Um, I'm tired of seeing his dutty face, to be honest. Ooh. Let's start there. I think um, I've got a lot of grace for the way that Dr. Zoe reacted to that because you're by surprise in it. Like, and I just think, you know, the focus should always be on him, not the person having to react to the statement that's made. Um I don't think what he offered was an apology. He offered an explanation for what he said as opposed to an apology. So he said, I'm sorry for people that I offended. That's not an apology. An apology is acknowledging what you've said, acknowledging why people are upset by it and what you plan to do in the future. That's an apology. That I'm sorry that I've hurt you. I'm sorry that I've upset you. Like, to me, like, you, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, he should have come and said, you know, I'm... Um, what I said was really offensive and like likening black people's hair to animals I see is racist and it's not acceptable. Do you understand what I mean? And I don't think he just owed Zoe the apology. I think he owed every black person in the UK who has seen that segment an apology. This wasn't an, an insult that was said in a quiet room. You said this on national television with lots of black people watching. You owe the whole community, including the children, right, who have to get their hair police when they go into school and you can't have this hairstyle and that doesn't look professional or you're reinforcing that environment. So you owe everybody an apology for making their lives, like their, their, their experiences, sorry, unsafe and making them feel like they can't be themselves. Um, so I think what he did was waste. I think someone needed to tell him he was racist. If it was me, I would have cussed him out live on air. But I appreciate that Dr. Zoe didn't feel able to do that in that moment. But that's how racism affects you, right? Some people fight, some people fly, and some people freeze. And you could tell she froze. And I hate that after she froze, she was put in this position where it's like, you didn't react properly and you should have done this and you should have said that. And I'm always a bit like, rah, like, he's the problem here, not her. And she could have reacted better, maybe for some people, but she was the victim of racism. Offer her some grace, you know what I mean? Not us, because we're having the conversation, but some of the things that I saw online, it's like, what are we going to do? Just drag people who experience racism now because they don't react in the way that we want. Like, we need to hold our community with love when they experience that shit, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I, I um, don't watch that show, and I feel like it's, it's, not, it's not a show for us, really. Um, and I was really offended about the petting. It's about the petting. It's like, like you know, like they, he might be, if he was to play it off as like with a white woman with a, an ex, I don't even know, because our hairstyles aren't exuberant to us because it's normal to us. So because white, some white people don't see Afro hair as normal, it's always, a, 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 it's always like, oh my God, what the hell is that on your head? Um, 
So it's an anomaly to them. But however, if you had a white woman with a kind of exuberant hairstyle, you might comment on it. But would you also go on to say, I just want to pet you? And that kind those kind of those connotations that you know where we like, I don't like when middle class white people or people who white people are called out for racism act like they don't know the history. Like I know it's not the forefront and the burden that you have to carry because we have to we have to carry it daily, so we can't be blind to it. I understand you guys are in your privileged towers, but can you you really can't be that dumb that calling a black, saying that you're gonna pet a black person. In this day and age, big 2021, how old is Eamon, 79? Like what the hell is going on? Like that he doesn't really know the backstory of just simple, simple history that you cannot animalize and, you know, categorize black people as animals on live TV. So it's just like, I wasn't, do you know what? I'm sick and tired of it. So I'm tired of giving all these things energy. So part of me is like, oh, fuck off. And it kind of ignored it. Then I saw the groundswell and I'm, um, I'm with you as well, Richie, Uncle Richie, on, on the whole point of um, not backlashing, because people always want, it, people always say, yeah, I do this. And you literally don't know. In the moment, you can never, you can always assume you know who you are, you know your character. You can always assume that you'll do something. However, in the moment, when it actually happens, nobody really knows, because we can't, we haven't got, unless you can see into the future, you really can't see or know what you're going to do. You can predict or assume, but you don't know in that moment where your emotions are in that particular moment. And it was live TV. So I feel like I would have probably said, oh, we got so far, Amen. I made a joke of it, but made a point saying, ah, come on now, or something like that. But again, it's like, do you want to be the person that switched on Eamon Holmes, a, a much loved a white presenter on national TV? And I was thinking, I can imagine she's thinking, oh, fuck's sake, I nearly got through the interview and here we go. And then I bet she's thinking about black Twitter, the repercussions and everything. She's like, oh, Eamon, you just fucked this up. So I want, I can imagine her mind was whirling when he said that. So I understand her being, the only thing I kind of want to, wanted to be Sorry. like, I was just going to say there's an added pressure of in those situations and you get the you can't come across as an angry black woman. yeah exactly it's all those it's type of things pressure as well isn't it yeah all those type of things and then the only thing was her response her i understand again because she said she's friends with him which i feel like black people you just can't claim any you, you have to be unless he's your best friend family friend or really your friend and i don't know that so i'm not going to tell her off about that but unless that person especially when they've been called out for racism is your immediate best friend. Please don't defend them like that. I'm just, this is advice. I would just say this is someone I've worked with and he's never displayed any things of tendencies of racism. So I'm surprised and shocked at what he said. However, we've had a great relationship. I accept his apology and I'm hoping he learns about stuff in the future. Her explanation was a bit pacifying to what he said and kind of said, leave him alone, kind of implied, leave him alone. And I was like, well, no, he needs to get, he's a grown ass man. He needs to get got. Um, but she... I don't know the nature of the friendship. She said he's a friend, so I can't comment on that. But just in case any black people stop saying, my friend's not racist, because you really don't know what they say when you're not around. You really don't, you don't know what I say when we're not around. Do you know what I'm saying? So you don't know what, you know what I mean? So yeah, I do shout Okay, yeah, no, definitely all of that. I, I think it was, um, okay, several things. So I do think it was a teaching moment. Do you know what I mean? I do think it was that, that an opportunity and that and those, um, maybe becoming more frequent at the moment, you know what I mean? As people, you know, you get the dialogue to be able to talk about race in different ways and all that kind of stuff, might be testing the boat and see what can I get away with, do you know what I mean? So I think that, you know, as much as um, I understand her position, I do, and I can see that pressure of like, especially if someone's helped you through your career, that's what she mentioned in, in part of her thing. So, you know, if someone's helped you, it's sometimes very difficult to then you know 
be negative towards them because of what they've done to you. But, you know, I feel like, um, and also the repercussions of what that could be as well kind of thing. But, you know, slave owners were horrible to their slaves, but they were still slave owners. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, um, that doesn't like excuse his behavior at all. I think now, like as Auntie Nana said, like definitely previously, I probably would have frozen, to be honest. And I'm quite, you know, I don't mind a bit of confrontation or anything like that, but I probably would have frozen because of just the audacity. Like, are you serious? And then it's just like, do you want me to use my outside voice? Is that what, is that what we're doing here? Do you know what I mean? So like, I'll be, I'll definitely be in a conflict um, and I would probably just freeze in those kind of like corporate situations. Um, and I have been in a situation before where, you know, a very junior member of staff um, put, their two hands in my hair and just like I like your hair <laughs> like, like, and I literally was just like what's, what's happening to me like I felt so violated and but I was in a corporate situation there were people around there was a black person next to me and they just pretended like it didn't happen do you know what I mean so then I was in a moment like did that just happen to me? Like, what, what the hell is going on? So, you know, I had to kind of like write her an email, break down why you don't do this. Do you know what I mean? Send her some links and stuff and everything. Copied in her manager. Don't do that shit again. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And just report the hell out of that because I couldn't deal with it. You know, if it was on road, deal with that in a very, very, very different way. Do you know what I mean? Um, but obviously you can't do that in the workplace and it's very frustrating. But I think that there is, um, I think what needs, what what I'm, I saw with this is like, there's a need for black women in particular, I think, to be given the, the mechanisms and the tools on how to deal with these situations, right? Like what can, what can be your absolute default go-to? So mine now, is what did you say say that again I, no i don't understand do you know what i mean so i'm getting them to repeat the dumbness what they're saying again and again and again until we're in such an awkward situation that it's just like yeah this is this is foolishness do you know what i mean so it's just like you have to just play dumb how they're playing dumb that's the oh, well that's my go-to anyway kind of thing yeah. and i just think like you know, the petting thing really annoyed me. I really hated that. And yeah, I just feel like we're too often expected um, just to be calm. Do you know what I mean? And kind of deal with those situations. And I, for one, am absolutely sick of it. I really am. Do you know what I mean? So I think like, yeah, that, that definitely needs to be over. Hopefully, maybe that this is, you know, her response is just an immediate response. And then she can go back a couple of weeks, you know, in the future, whatever, and go back and readdress it and get some money. Do you know what I mean? Get some <laughs> for her pain and suffering. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Let's get I, the like, I like your um your repetitive thing. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Drawing yeah. it down till they feel that's, done. That's a real good trick. Yeah. My go-to seems to be like, I always turn to the person next to me and I say, do you talk to her about her hair? She, <laughs> her, hair's, her hair's up now. Yesterday it was down. She's cut layers in it. She's dyed it. She talked to her about her hair. I'm gonna say nothing. Why do you wanna say something? Like, I, I, I think I died for the pet, and I was like, "Would you talk to your boss like that? Would you tell your boss you're gonna pet his head? Like, it's that type of thing or their head?" One last really weird thing that happened to me, and it's like you've all said, age is different, isn't it? I remember when I at the previous job, there was a um, 
a very, very well-known producer um, who was a very, very old man. And I was walking through the hallway, brown leather jacket on, and he stopped me and he said, that, the voice, because you'll know who it was, he stopped me and he said, oh, same colour. Oh. Same wow. colour. And oh. I was like, Weird. That's wow. wow. Yeah. There's been a few. Like, why? That is a madness. Flip <laughs> sake. Hold on. Was that a house phone I heard? Sorry. No, but it's just a house phone. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I have one, but it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking, like, what are you? <laughs> How old are you actually? So, moving the conversation on. We've been in headlines for time. Um, let's get the comments and then move on to Uncle Richie's okay. story. Let's go. All right. So, um, Iola says, so, so bored of these people. It's, it's actually quite traumatic experience for us as black women. It's time for us to have a blanket response for the type of ignorance that uh, uh, this word um, alleviates us for for PTSD and embarrassment, um, Auntie Aquia, the other one mentioned a book by a white woman teaching women to respond instead of fawn by posing a question back to X so they can hear themselves and manage the burden of stupidity. Um, Shelley says that he's a serial offender. Abner says, I am so annoyed that Eamon apologised on Twitter. He was racist live on TV in front of the nation. So he should apologise on live TV in front of the nation. Monica says, how many teaching moments are they going to be, though, Auntie Sade? And uh, Aquia, that's the other Auntie Aquia, says her name is Cassia Benick. Kaseya Mbenik, I think is the name, writes about the free suffered by women and black people. It's about power. Her book is called Unbound. The only way to unfreeze is to ask a question, any question. Mr. Tang says we must set our boundaries and stick to them. I do not play this game with them. And um, Nicholas says the same colour thing used to, to be an ongoing issue when colleagues went away on holiday and got a bit of a tan. Yep, I've suffered that as well. You're never going to be as dark as me. And Candy says there's so many levels of trauma to it. The racist incident, the lack of action from management, etc. The people brushing it, uh, brushing it off and nothing. And the celebrity appeasing the offender. Uncle Richard, what have you heard? So I was going to do one. I've decided to change it because it might be a little bit shorter, right? So initially it was about like ethnic ethnic minority unemployment rate but um you see the tv show mastermind yeah you know it's got a new host right who clive myrie yes 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 yeah 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 so he recently branded racist trolls as sad losers <laughs> and um he gets a lot of abuse online and he was saying like him being the host of mastermind it could um be he said and i quote it could well be that i end up getting more abuse i suppose as a result of mastermind I got very little after the announcement, actually. Everything was positive, absolutely everything. This is not something that happens every day, and he's kind of like bigging it up. And then when he speaks to abuse, he says, I have nothing but pity for sad loser racists. That's what they are. They're jokes, right? Mm. 
And it just got me thinking about like your platform as black women and what you do. And I just wanted to use that as kind of a springboard. So that's what I heard in the news. But obviously you lot have got a platform that centers black women. So we're like, what the fuck do you think is going on with people these days? And why they <laughs> cannot resist being racist dickheads? Because I'm sure you doing what you do both on the podcast and outside of the podcast, you've probably experienced some abuse yourself. Do you know what? To be fair... For the years, if I'm talking from a British blackness perspective, I've not had race like much trolling. We've had really minor, and it's, I could count on probably, yeah, maybe really minor, like, oh, this is racist, and then I just delete them because you're not dumb. And the only time I kind of engaged with, uh, what was the thing I, th- I mentioned on the podcast? There was some national story, some sort of racism thing, and I kind of, this someone was saying, this is racist, so when I'm bored, when I'm really bored, then I'll get into a Twitter debate. You know, it's like on Twitter, you're on there, Richie, a lot. Um, and it's just like, you, and I just unpicked the person's argument, then they blocked me because it's like, you've got no argument, it's dumb. So I'm lucky that on, in my social media presence and the work that I've done, I have not really had the levels of, this is racist, just minor people yeah. saying, this is, why is it not called the whitelist? If I had a whitelist, you, you'd say it was racist. And the kind of dumb, basic, yeah. basic, simplistic, rhetoric so luckily to answer it quickly i've not so i'll hand over to anyone else that's that's like all we've really had remember when we covered the the women doing um loose women the black women the four black women presenting and we shone a light on that and then we seem to i think from tagging loose women there was a set of people that were ready to jump yeah, on this and be like, right. this isn't fair because if there's four white people and it's like you've had there four always white is people. exactly for years <laughs> and years and years nobody was saying anything but you guys seem to find it okay to jump on this and be like it's 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 somehow this reverse racism thing but that's generally all we've had I didn't know that Mastermind was getting a black presenter it's great mm-hmm. I was watching um it was sports on Saturday or Sunday, and I'm terrible with sports, but there was three black presenters. There's a black woman that's been doing the Olympics, that's been like one of the main ones, and there was two black footballers on there as well. And yeah, it was on Saturday. I was sitting there and I had to say to my sister-in-law, I was like, I can't believe it. There's three black presenters on TV. And then she was also like, oh my God, wow. It was like a happy moment for us. That shouldn't be in this day and age. We, it should just be presenters and it's okay. And we have diversity, although I hate that word, but we have everybody represented on TV all the time. Like I shouldn't still be in my feelings when I see it. And it, that irks me as well, that I got so happy, although I'm happy for them getting, getting the thing. But it does. It, I get happy and then it pisses me off that I'm noticing it and getting happy. And yeah, that was the yeah. same thing with Eamon. It was like, I'm getting pissed off that you're talking about this chick like she's a llama because she has her Afro up in her hair bun. Like, who doesn't? When you have a bit of hair on your head, this black woman, you put it up and you have your curls out. It's like, we don't want to be called an animal. And yeah, it pisses me off. And then I want to fight somebody over it. But yeah, I mean, in a roundabout way, racism does affect me. <laughs> And I try for it not to. And in trying for it not to affect me, it makes me more angry that I have to keep on dealing with it in various ways. Auntie Shadow. Um, yeah, so if I think about outside of your aunties could never so everyday Friday, 
um, my clothing company, Casual Clothing for the Culture. Um, (laughs) 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 We have um, on, uh, so we run ads, we run mainly Facebook ads on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, and that's where I probably see it most, you know what I mean? And like, Mm. you know, the first time it was just, oh my God, guys, come look at this. (laughs) People are really going for it, do you know what I mean? And they like, I remember actually with this, I think this slogan, guided by my ancestors, we had people tagging their ancestors who were slave owners. <laughs> Liberties. <laughs> Taking the piss. Wait, but wait, wait. I get wait that is so dark. What? <laughs> wow. But the thing is, yeah, because I like, and I, I hate the term, but I like dark humour in it. Like, I can laugh things like that off because that's fucking hilarious. You're that's kind of how I am, actually. I'll probably You're find that quite funny. But... <laughs> Do you know but... what I mean? So, so you can just, you know, I don't really have, um, I don't have an um, issue with, like, getting rid of people and stuff. It doesn't affect me that much. Do you know what I mean? But um, I can appreciate creativity. <laughs> And then we get people saying, um, you've got no white models <laughs> as well, which I think is hilarious <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And then I think like in in the um the other side of what I do, I guess like event world, like pre-COVID, um, it's just more how people treat my team. So my teams are generally 80% black. Um, I've always tried to keep it that way um, for the last 10 years that I've been working in this industry. And it's just like, you know, mainly microaggressions, do you know what I mean? That are kind of like very draining. I remember like having this one woman who would just triple inspect every single thing that I do all the time or anyone in my team does all the time. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Or like, um people I can't have to be careful but like people in positions maybe like their insecurity or kind of like do you know what I mean those kind of roles and wanting me to solve problems that are um the business issues do you know what I mean like kind of thing like want me personally to solve this and it's just like are you doing that to to Sally (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) doing that to Fiona does she get this kind of pressure do you know what I mean it's just things like that but I think it's just um you know you just kind of get on with it like I'm very 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 much aware of like you know my background my heritage do you know what I mean like I've we've always been brought up that this is not like our our origin this place is not origin do you know what I mean kind of thing so I, I I just don't you know, do you know what I mean? You can't, you, you ex- I, I guess in a sense, I expect it. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I, I, I do expect it because people are dumb. And, and and the aunties will tell you, I generally don't like people anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> like, I'm never going to be like, oh, I want them to like me. No, fuck off. I, 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 don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, I honestly don't care. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. That's how I do it, I guess. Farah. Um, so in my job, I deal with a lot of members of the public as well. My day to day away from this kind of job, I deal with a lot of members of the public. And it's funny sometimes when people get turned away from an event or like a, a, a television show. It's funny how quickly they can play the reverse race card. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I've people like literally standing outside and they're filming me and they're saying it's because I'm not of a certain persuasion. You've let all these other people in. Oh, wow. 
No, because you came at 8 30 and the doors are shut and you were meant to get here at 6 30. They were here before you. It's got nothing to do with anything else. So I've experienced stuff like that. My team have experienced stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's, there's microaggressions, as I explained to you, like I've had them all the time. And then there's that whole thing of um, people acting like you're um, you're scary. Like, mm. I'm intimidated. That's, that's, yeah, that's the thing that really pisses me off. No, they don't say I'm intimidated. They say you're intimidating. Yeah, they yeah. say you're intimidating. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to mess up. You're scary. Like, they, because they haven't got to the point where they understand, they don't understand that that's racist. You, that, what, yeah. I'm a black woman. I'm scary. But Sandra next to me, who's a white lady, says 10, th- 10 times worse things than I do, but she's cool. So it's just, yeah, there's lots of things when you work in, in those kind of environments. Luckily, I haven't had anything online, but I don't like post madly um, because of I just I'm just not able to do that. But uh, yeah, like it is you have to wear that hat and be aware of certain things. And what I don't like is as well, there's been situations where we've had like um, people come in and um, the people around them, like say like you've had like some freelance security guards for example and they don't realize who this person is so they've acted in a way that is very very uh racist that you know they've made a lot of assumptions based on that person who's coming in and i've had to set them straight and be like just because they're of this persuasion doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing that so i find that i i have to do that a lot like i'm all like i'm defending my people a lot you know like that's a definite thing uncle richie what you're what are you saying oh yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, but like I feel like that um, that intimidation thing. I I've definitely lent into that. Do you know what I mean? Especially in order to get stuff done at work, and it's definitely I kind of twist. I I kind of flip that to make it a positive for me. So yeah. I'm just known as the person I get stuff done. One hundred. Me too. That's the, the, you it's do yeah. No, listen, I, I, I am a hundred percent with you. Use it to your advantage, flip that. If you're gonna make me be that person, then I'm just gonna be that person that gets shit done. But it's just it's the wording that I'm sometimes mm. appreciate. Yeah. Go on, Uncle Richie. Yeah, no, do you know what it just had me thinking about the ways in which we almost have to justify the things that we get or we're expected to justify them being black in Britain. You know what I mean? So it's like he's been given the opportunity to be the question master or mastermind just because he knows what the fuck he's doing. But like He's having to judge, like the fact that when we're given something with one hand, we have to think about all the ways in which it might be taken away by the general public and how they come for us and like racist abuse that can happen. It's like in the back of your mind, if it's something that's platformed or it's going to be announced, you think, oh shit, like there are going to be people that are going to say A, B and C to me. So it just gets me thinking about like the wider, like there's always these reminders of like, yo, you're here and you're black and you're British or you're living in Britain, but you're never really quite here. This isn't really your home. As soon as you get something, you're only getting it because you're black. Or if mm. you do get it because you're skilled, I'm going to make you feel like shit and troll you on the internet. So it just had me thinking about like, in the face of all of that, what we constantly have to do and what we've done and what we've achieved collectively as a community in the face of resistance. And I think it speaks to what we said a bit earlier on with the Haitian people, right? And it's hard to compare the two because they're vastly different, but actually that resistance that's built in us as the African diaspora, I think is inside us, irrespective of what country we reside in, whether we're West Indians, whether we're South Americans, Black British, Black Europeans, we constantly resist and we constantly create and... um, 
progress in the face of adversity. So just reading that and coming on a platform such as yours, like your aunties could never, you know, like black women having conversations about blackness and black experiences in the face of all that's happened last year, I think is an amazing thing. That's why I, rather than doing the other one I was going to do, I think it was just, it would have been important to pick that up. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's really good. And it is, it is poignant. I, literally, as you were talking, I was thinking that thing, we spoke about it last week of just whenever a black person achieves something like June, and then they go into how much she's being paid. And it's like, there, there's just always that, that microscope on what are you doing? How much are you being paid? Do you deserve it? And we have that when we're selecting stories, there's still a pressure. Like, should we be talking about this? Can we talk about this? How can we talk about it? There's, there's a layer that also like we have to filter through that does annoy me. I think there's a Britishness that we take on as Black Britons. Absolutely. And we filter too much. And the, the amount of like American podcasts that I listen to, and they really have removed that. I am like, uh, I love when we get into the nitty gritty of discussions because I don't think there are too many people that are like us anyway, talking about the things that we talk about. But there needs to be more. Like there, there is like a real black British experience and voice that yeah. needs to be out there and celebrated and heralded like the breakfast club, like literally like cultural movements. And we just don't seem to have that, that drive, that push, but we do have it with music and it kind of pisses me off because we can be so innovative with music, but not necessarily cultural talk. We don't seem to push forward our cultural currency in a way outside of music. Like there are so many intellectuals that have perspectives on things and we still have American people talking about experiences and not the black British experience. It, that really annoys me that we're not more pushy. We're not more Nigerian. See how Nigerian is just bullshit. You guys are so bullshit. You're just out there like, ah, we're Nigerian. It's like, I really wish that would filter through to all of you. You know what? No, she didn't. No, I was talking about Australia. And I was saying, no, no, no. The thing is, this is what I was saying. I was talking to someone earlier and I was saying that. People, they say that they like us, but they don't, you know, because when no, they give us a compliment, it's always a backhand following it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not that it's, not that stuff. it's not our fault if no, we're it's confident. Not, it's, it's not just, our fault if we're bold. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Please. It's the strength in numbers and the confidence in who you are. And that plays into who we are over here. Like, we've got the residuals that we have. We've, we've had to build up this strength and confidence in being black because it's been beaten out of us literally and physically and metaphorically so when you that like the nigerian conversation is that there's a pride and a sense of yeah we're strength in numbers we're powerful and it's that bolshiness that we everyone else kind of needs and every, a different community yeah. group, a different ethnic groups have that same thing but there is yeah the, the, the nigerian pride and black pride and that type of pride in yourself is what we need to carry us through african-americans I, I, I love it i love it i think this is great this I is think, a compliment. It's not backhanded. It's like forward front. <laughs> yeah, it's forward thinking. I, I just, yeah. Just, um, we've got to move on. But let's get the comments. Let's get the comments. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. We have... Oh, there's not too many, actually. So, Candy says there's so many levels to... There's so many levels... No, I've read that, haven't I? That's it. There wasn't any. 
Okay, now <laughs> time for Aunties get in your business. Aunties oh, get in your business. I didn't even know this was coming. Aunties get in your business. Aunties get in your business. Richie, did you love my song? I loved it. And the fact that you played the warmed my heart because it's an underrated instrument and I feel like it deserves its place. Can I just say? Richie needs to come back more. He needs to come back again. Can I just say? We have accepted by default the triangle for Auntie's No Best. Please, for the love of Pete, can we not use it for this too? Like, otherwise, otherwise, I am going to find a way to, to hack Nana every week and it will be, oh, yeah. No, never, because I'm, no, literally, I, I will shut have it on my shit phone. down. When you take your triangle, I will, shut I will have it on my phone and I will down. fish through. All right. Auntie's getting in your business. Auntie's getting in your business. Okay, this is where we, we this is we get into the business of our special guest and Uncle Richie. We are so blessed to have you on our show, um, and we're just going to get into your business, like aunties, your real good aunties do. Get into your business. You feel like you feel like you're at the you need to feel like you're at the family function, and your favorite aunties have cornered you. Exactly, we've cornered you, and we're about to get in your like Richie. Where you been? We ain't seen you, and now the Guyanese accent down. That's what I need. Well, no, 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 because this, this is what. Listen, we're all different here. So <laughs> I'll do Grenadian. That's as close as you get. What what I'm the, what, it's just like your aunties. Put it this way: your Guyanese aunties' friends are here, and you call them auntie. Yeah. We're here at the family function. You've know we've known you since you were in your nappy, yeah. So we're here to get in your business, Auntie yeah. Farah. Take it away. <laughs> so Richie, <laughs> um, uh, tell us in your own words what you're known for and what do you do. What do you do and where you come from? What am I known for? Um, I'm known for uh, being a keyboard warrior, probably, more than anything. Um, but I host a show called One Extra Talks on BBC One Extra, plug, plug, nine to ten, that explores the experiences of the black community in Britain. So it's a national programme and we kind of, yeah, just explore the realities of being black um, in the UK, really. And yeah, that's what I'm known for. So just being a presenter and a broadcaster and just a general big math. <laughs> all right what would you actually like the world to know about you oh my what would i like them to know about me yeah i'm not as serious as people think okay yo like honestly like uh, because of the things i talk about they're quite political it's like mm. people don't think i've got a sense of humor and i'm not filthy and like honestly the basis of my personality is absolute filth and humor <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's interesting. Well, I'm about to get nasty. <laughs> that was good. Um, what everyone's got a bit of auntie and uncle in them, no matter what age they are. Like, what's your uncle trait, would you say? Oh my days, there's so many. I nap all the time, whenever <laughs> I can during the day. I'm constantly napping. Uh I like old music. Um, I dance a bit like an uncle sometimes, depending on where I am and what I'm doing. I fall asleep after big meals. I like to moan. <laughs> I complain when things are too loud sometimes, even though I'm a raver. I'm an uncle, man. I'm a real uncle. 
You've leaned into your uncleness. I, le- I, I embrace it fully. So, so, so you said you, um, this is, oh, it's not, well, yeah, I just want to expand on that. Can you show us a bit of your uncle dancing? Maybe with your shoulders. Absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, oh. like, so everyone's got their favorite, like their highlight reel, like their favorite moments in life. Can you, what's on your highlight reel? Oh, my highlight reel. Uh, oh, this is uh, an interesting one because not many men do this. Um, cutting the cord of my godson. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was birthing partner to my friend. Yeah, so we've been friends since school and her um, baby father's a waste man. I hate the term baby father, but the father of her children's a waste man. So um, I agreed to be a birthing partner and I cut my godson's godson's cord. And like I was in there in the room with her when she gave birth to him and it was just an amazing experience. So that's probably in my highlight reel, to be honest, one of my proudest moments. Any more? Any more? Any more? That's lovely, though. Um, uh, getting the one extra show, I finally have a platform to talk about my community. Uh, that's absolutely amazing. Um, highlight the relationship I have with my parents. They're my absolute world. That would be on my highlight reel. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I should have thought about this, isn't it? I, don't I, I mean, I did, I did send you the questions. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> there's a few, okay. there's a few, there's a few. Well, okay. we'll talk about maybe your, like, how you got the um, one extra role how that came about and actually the fact that you can get to talk about the community on a national platform yeah and like there's that impartiality stuff that you're meant to have as somebody on the bbc yeah yeah yes. fine. i'm gonna I talk know about that you. well welcome me too, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like i'm gonna say what i need to say and if you sack me you sack me and that's pretty much where i'm at right? i just said it doesn't really imply to me because it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i'm balls deep in identity politics try me <laughs> <laughs> Not the race card, but um, yeah, like getting into it. So I did like podcasting in the beginning. That was probably a highlight of my reel. Um, and then I did, um, originally I did The Grapevine. I don't know if you remember like The Grapevine. So it's a, a US based platform, but they did some shows in Britain. Um, and that kind of just cut my teeth a little bit more really. So it's kind of been a journey into, you know, people believing, believing in me really and believing in the things that I have to say and the love that I have for my community which means I'm where I am today. And you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's hard work, it's hard work, I work really hard. And yeah, I would say I work hard, but I've had my whole community behind me believing me in the whole like the whole time. So this isn't really an ode to me. There's things that I'm doing now is an ode to my community, constantly supporting the things that I do. That's cool. Oh, my days. I got published the other day. I should have said Yeah. I should have known this. I should have got yeah, a so email. I've got come out called Black Joy, right? Um, that Charlie Brinkhurst um, edited and basically it's a collection of essays around black joy um, and it kind of fights against so much of the negative stuff that they platform around our community and it's how we find joy within ourselves and find our identities I, I wrote an that. essay for that yeah and it was oh, that's brilliant. Cool, man. thank you congratulations thank that's you so, so cool. much Oh, so wow. is it like a collection of essays? Is there various different people? Yeah. Written? Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think Diane That's Abbott's in the book yeah. Auntie Di. Diane Abbott's in. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, definitely have to look up. Oh, look at that. Brilliant. Then we got we got the link there. Well done. That's excellent. Thank That's you. Big. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a big problem. God, for. So we've done your um, highlights. What would be on your blooper reel? What would you delete? <laughs> oh, shit. 
getting kicked out of college. Why did you get kicked out of college? Fighting. Every college I tried to go to, I was just too rowdy. So they didn't keep me. That would be in the blooper rule. Um, when I was younger, not being able to control my temper in jobs, throwing phones across the room. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> what was the job? What was the job? Uh, oh, I worked for the probation service for many, many years. My first job, I got sacked. I worked in a, what's it called? Um, I worked in a call centre in Kennington, right? Back in the day, everyone worked there. Yeah. And I called my manager a fucking, a sad fucking slob. And like, and he, I went in, like, and I was 16. I probably won't say this kind of thing now, but he was a little bit like, he was a bit harsh on black people and stuff. And I was like, look at you fucking slob. How old are you working this job? Do you look in the mirror every day and cry at what your life's worth? You know, like you proper, that was it. So like, You're not coming back here. I said, like, you can come back. How did you get to probation and why did it piss you off so much? Do you know what? I was in admin originally and I was like 19, 20 and it was just the ways in which I was being told what to do. Like I just wasn't, why are you chatting to me like that? Are you all right? And you know, they're just piling work on you. I just, I wasn't having it. I didn't know about the professional stuff I know now. You know what I mean? I was just, if you talk to me in a way I don't like, I'm cussing you out. <laughs> I'm sacked, that's fine. But they kept me in probation. I stayed there years and years and years. I became a probation officer and all of that stuff. But, oh, wow. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say how long I was there for because I'd give away my age, but it was a very long time. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over 10 years. Oh, so you're... Okay. Who in your family did you turn to for advice and what's the best piece of advice that they have given you? And... A saying that has impacted you? Oh, my days. I turn to my parents for advice, always. Um, we have this conversation around mixed Black people and how they identify with the Black community, right? And I remember my dad sitting me down when I was six years old. And he said, you see all this mixed race stuff? That's fine. You're a Black man, first and foremost. So when it comes to my identity and this is something I've always remembered and always done so you'll see all, everything I do is for my community right and it was that routine that, that my dad gave me and this is why I'm bringing it up now it wasn't this major conversation where you have a cup of tea sit that was six you know what I mean it was just a flyaway convo but in that moment my dad rooted my identity and I've never felt like I've not known it. And we go around the houses and back or whatever, you know, when you grow up through exploration, all that kind of stuff. But that routine sat with me and it drives what I do and it drives my love for my community. And it's why no one can ever question my identity. It's why I've never been one of those people. Where it's like, so my mum's of an um, Asian background, but I've never seen myself like, oh, I'm too, I'm too black for Asian people and I'm too Asian for black people. I just don't know where I fit in. And I'm sorry <laughs> to those people who experienced that. I never did. I, I, I always saw myself as part of the black community and it's nothing I've ever questioned. So I think that is the thing that sat with me the most and has allowed me to do all of the, the things that I do for my community and the things that I love, to be honest. So that was the bit of advice that sat with me for the rest of my life. Always remember what you are and don't ever question it. So your dad's black? Yeah. And your mum's Asian? Yeah. Okay, okay. And my nan, interestingly, it was my Asian nan that used to take me to Notting Hill Carnival and reinforce okay. my identity. Oh, 
that's really yeah. interesting. That's so important, you know, like that's yeah. so important. Like how your families treat your identity. And my nan really reinforced my Caribbean culture and she was South Asian and it was a beautiful yeah. thing. Do you have any affinity to your South Asian roots? Yeah, I do. But I wasn't, interestingly, I didn't grow up around my mum's family like that. And I grew up in New Cross, South East London, which historically was a real Caribbean area with mm. lots of Caribbean people. So I would say I absolutely lean more to my Caribbean side. Um, but me and my family are like, my family that still live in the country, lots of them got left in Asia because my mum's mum was a refugee from war. So they, you know, less co left contact with a lot of their family. But the family that I'm close to, like, yeah, we're good. Like, I feel an affinity to them. I just know who I am, you know? It's important. Yeah, that makes sense. So we, you have a choice now. So oh, you can either, we can either solve an issue, you can bring something to the table and we will help you solve it, or us aunties will give you some unsolicited advice. I can't think of anything. I tried to think about something I could bring to the table, but I think you wouldn't be an auntie if you just didn't give me unsolicited advice. You know? <laughs> I think if I'm coming to you with a problem, this isn't an auntie-nephew relationship. <laughs> give it to me unsolicited. It's authentic as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you got the facts. Got it right. <laughs> so, um, so our unsolicited advice is, why are you so goddamn secretive, man? You have all these opinions and everything, but no one knows a goddamn thing about you. People be trying to see whether your wife's up, you know, how old are you, what your background is. None of it. It's, just, it's all hidden. It's all it's hidden. All it's hidden. hidden. It's it's just just your just... age, you were like, I'm not going to say how long I worked there because then people can work out how and... old you are. me out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna do Jay Z or a Beyonce trying to be like, I'm not talking about my business, it's about my bit, my work only. Oh, do you know what? That's uh, you're very <laughs> observant, which I love. I actually feel like I'm talking to Marty's right now. That's all my heart. <laughs> you've even noticed that, to be honest. You know what? I give so much of myself, there are things that I just want to keep for me, you know, and the ambiguity sometimes it works in my favor. Like when you put too much out of yourself when you put too much out there of yourself, it can either be weaponized against you or it can push you into particular boxes or it can, you know, reduce your autonomy because people feel like they have everything. And I've always been like this as a kid. And I give you what I want to give you. But when I love you and you're in my circle, like my close people know everything about me. Like, eh, like I'm very, like, they know my whole life. You know what I mean? When I love somebody... I told them everything, but I just think this social media age, I, just people put too much out there and I can't relate. I don't um, can I just say that I feel, I feel really, really hurt and offended as your auntie that um, we're here, we're family, we're really good friends and I don't know secret things about you. So I feel like you need to share one secret thing yeah. with your favorite aunties. Talk to me about why you and uncle aren't sleeping in the same room anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> that literally is what you want to say to every oh, auntie that starts on you. Yeah, auntie Shadow so much. She's gone to find his uncle to bring it to the table. Where is uncle? Where is he? Oh, my word. That is, that is the flex that you want to say to them. Like, I, I remember getting asked various questions before I had kids. Like, when are the kids coming? The, the, the one auntie actually showed and demonstrated it on 
my boyfriend then, husband now, sex positions that we should be doing in oh. order to have a child. <laughs> and literally, in my head, all I was saying was, but where's your husband, though? Like, I really wanted to say, it was on the tip of my tongue. Like, literally, just wanted to be like, where's your husband, though? But yeah, 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 no. All right, touche. We still want to know something. <laughs> oh God! What I don't, I don't even. Oh, know. Right. You. Uh, just one thing, because th- I'm trying to think of something. There, there's no, there's no evidence of a relationship on your uh, page, and I'm presuming that you are in a relationship. Can you confirm? Can I confirm? I, it's complicated. Oh my, oh my God! Come on, this ain't no, no, no. I, genuinely. Like I have been in one. <laughs> And it, now it's complicated. Like I'm in a complicated situation. I'm just... oh, this is what you could have brought to say. We can help you. You know what? Yeah, this is all fair and well. But you know when this is over, guess who has to deal with the fallout on what? <laughs> it's absolutely me. So <laughs> I'm not dealing with the the fallout. Um, I'm um yeah, but I've had I've had relationships. I've had like a seven year relationship once, you know, like I've like I'm somebody who I'll tell you this about myself. I'm someone who prefers long term monogamy. So like I am monogamous and my type. And I said this online as well. Yeah. I love a little bit of fat. Like that's my thing. Yeah. And like and I say this constantly kindness. So like if someone's trying to date me, like you've got to be you've got to be kind. And, And that is my type. Like, and you can tell if someone's face is kind. You can just tell. I feel... You really? You can. Really like, I can't like... explain it, you know. But when you see it, you know. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, like, I can tell. You can see kindness in someone's face. Can you think of kindness, then? There's, there's such, like, a kind... Who's got a kind face? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put <laughs> man on the spot, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So, honestly, it's so. Someone said, Lola said, allow Uncle Richie for no. allow me. Allow me. But there's the just. I ain't done yet. You can just see it. I don't, I don't know. You can just see it. Is there it's a celebrity? Is there a celebrity that's got like, so it's easy to go? Oh. You're going to have to come back to me. This uh, is new because I've never, ever thought about a kind face. Kind like being able now. to spot kindness in a space. That is, that's really Think interesting. Think about it now. Think about it now, right? And then when you look at people, like think about what I've said, and you will start to see it. And uh, so when you say a bit fat, but like what? What's the like? Uh, me, uh, there's, 16, like eighteen, twenty. Like, there's not much. Like I just there's not. I um yeah. It's very. It's we do the spectrum. You know what yeah. I mean? Interesting. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's an interesting one. I think there's something attractive about that though. Like mm. uh, maybe not for you. Like maybe you like um. Like, I don't know, like people who are like gym heads. Like for me, there's just, I don't know, I'd love a little bit a of comfort. Is it a comfort thing? What style sign are you, Richie? I'm a Gemini. Yeah, oh, here we go. Well done. Welcome to the family. <laughs> you know what? There's been so many things in this conversation. I've been like, it sounds like a Gemini, but you know, people always think that Gemini's think that everyone's Gemini sometimes. So me and Auntie Nana was. I, but like... I know what you're saying, though. I know because. Oh, now you know what you're saying. No, you know we find saying. affinities with other you Gemini's yes. because we're generally like the outcast sign. So we find each other and it's like, yeah, kinship. What yeah. she said. <laughs> no, wait, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm looking at. Victoria, Victoria, Victoria is dragging me. 
Let's get the comments. <laughs> oh, hang on, let me... Oh, where's my thing? Here we go. Let me see, let me see. I, I've been seeing this, like, moving, moving. I'm like, what are people saying? Do you see why I don't let anything go? Because as soon as you talk, you open the door for yeah, it's true. It's true. I love you, Victoria, but don't drag me, please. <laughs> hang on, let me go up a bit. Well, there's bare people just throwing up flags and, and giving you bare love being Guyanese, so that's great. Um, okay, so yeah, my husband's jumped in. Neil Date is saying specifically a position to have twins. Yeah, that's what she was doing. It was very inappropriate that my auntie was uh, <laughs> running with. And he also says, I co-signed I co the kindness thing, so he can explain to me what this space looks like. Um... And then Aquia says, oh, what a lovely boy. I agree, oh, you can auntie. see kindness. I wish I had a daughter for him. He's so oh. sweet. Peak auntie comment. Auntie AK wins for the peak auntie comment. Oh, yeah. And then Iola says, I so agree with that <laughs> Uncle Richie. Energy never lies. Exactly. And Victoria says, this is not going well. Firstly, people he loves know about him. None of you do. Then he can see kindness in faces, but does not refer to any of your faces as an example. Thank you, Victoria. What are you trying to say? Yeah, look, we've all got kind fit. Get out of it, you see? You see, like, <laughs> see that's, you, Richie, that's all you had to say before. You've all got yeah. kind fit. You have. That would have got you out of jail. Oh, Actually, no. You know what? Like, I, like, that would have been a cop out. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of like a politician's answer. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I can see what you're doing here. But <laughs> me too. I'm just like, you know, you know. Right. Um, and well, Nee says, I knew he was a Gemini, my brother. <laughs> Come on, bro. Bang, bang. Um, well, Richie, thank you so much for your time. We're not kicking you out here. By the way, have you got time? Because we got, we've got one more section, and in the end, I don't yeah, know how much I'm time. Here, I'm here. Okay, cool. So we can do our bits. All right, but thank you so much. That was <clears throat> Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. That is a rhythm, man. It really is. If, if we just add beats to it, we could exactly. probably put it out there on the market and then before Yo, you know, Beanie listen, Man's on the rhythm. Beats secretly, you know, I got you. Thank you. We made yes. beats as well. Yeah, we yeah, actually yeah. need a new intro. <laughs> oh, holler me. I got you. Definitely. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Can we just slow down the negotiations on things that I... um? Well, well we discussed that. All right. So, all right. Nobody likes more, yeah, but I do. But the second one is still a little bit tame for us maybe richie could give us a little bit more jingle jangle it yeah. all right cool all right i mean he offered auntie nana and auntie ak are not singing then that's absolutely fine listen you do <laughs> I, I second that auntie I, I have a one tune in me that is going to make me a hundred grand you guys don't know that we're, our band is growing. We're training it in. Behind, it. And hold on, Auntie AK Part Two Point Big Auntie I AK. How can you say my singing? I'm a COVID survivor, so my yes. chest is up to scratch right now. <laughs> so my actual yeah. sister has put in there. How can your singing actually? How can your actually get worse every week? week? That's and so. That is, Bang out of order. This moment, I'm recovering yes. from recovery. Yes! I'm in, the... in your business. <laughs> in your business. I'm in the 
It's the not fact, just coming from the you know fans don't like it. The fact is, the fact that Uncle Richie sang my tune, I'm even I'm it's, it's, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm, it's a bad boy rhythm. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, let's go. Oh my gosh, there's another I'm not even gonna sing this song. My chest is actually a bit weak. For the culture, you're lucky, you're not gonna get the for, for the culture song. Oh, but I love the for the culture. I know because that's when I join in as well, and I've been practicing. <laughs> I can't. I feel. I feel on the spot now. For the culture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like back to what your sister just said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm actually under pressure. I feel like use your belly voice, not your nasal. You know what I mean? Understand, you understand, but it's just I'm not there yet. I've got to go back into training. Um, I feel like Beyonce be before she's about to go on stage. She, I'm sure she feels nervous, and I just feel exactly like Beyonce. Um, <clears throat> Possibly even Mary, possibly even Whitney. Rest herself. All right. I'm, I'm more of a Mary J. Blige. Oh, my God. A pioneer. <laughs> yeah, fair That energy there. Yeah, then say nothing, fam. We're in a room. <laughs> remember that. It's me and you. Anyway, for the culture, this is where we get into what, we, what we've been watching, what's wearing, what's got us chatting. We had a couple of topics quickly. We can get through them. And or we pick one. OJ Simpson talking about he doesn't go to LA anymore because you might spot this killer. Wild. What are your thoughts? We have Kaz and some chicken at Love Island doing some nonsense. And then we have Lizzo getting backlash for she just released a song with Cardi B. And again, this woman is always targeted for her size, for everything she says, anything she does. And she got a bit emotional on social media and was like, You guys don't know what it's like. And usually I brush it off, but sometimes I can't. Um she made a few kind of hypocritical comments about her weight, but then at the same time, she's been doing that and it's all of that. So which one do you not want to get into? And I think we can And then Justin that. being on Essence. Oh, Justin. Yo, being on you know what? You see the people that you want to send for? <laughs> yeah. That was mine. Oh, okay. 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 That was me. Okay, well let's do well let's leave that one to the end. We have okay. a little bit of extra time on that. But okay, Lizzo. Anyway, OJ talking about you might see this killer in LA. What are your thoughts? Quick time. <laughs> Honestly, I, mean, I thought that was the funniest. I mean, if he looks in the mirror, he probably does. <laughs> like <laughs> controversial. Do you know? I agree. You know that guy that does this? Yeah, he just needs to put a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> like, does OJ really, truly think that anybody believes he's innocent, black or white? Like, don't fit. Look at the gloves. <laughs> the gloves do fit. <laughs> Richie is shocked. <laughs> He's gone away. <laughs> I had to come off camera, boy. Me, I don't have an opinion. I'm impartial. But, but honestly, good. though, uh, I thought that was hilarious that OJ is even... Uh, like, he's trolling. Like, did this... Now it's just trolling. That's trolling. I agree. The, the, the book was a trolling troll in itself. Like, remember the if... If I killed, but the... This is how I do it. The F was yeah, really small, so it really looked like I killed. <laughs> like, the only like, thing I've got to say about it, the liberty of it is, it's like, you've got kids. Like, bruv, come on. You've got children. Have some decorum. Yeah. yeah. It's like, just shut up. You managed to get away with something. Like, he thinks he's in naked gun still, and he can make these weirdly inappropriate jokes. Yeah. That old school film. He thinks he's in that. But it's yeah, like yeah. Zinnerman, right? Who sells signed packets of Skittles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. What do you do when you're like a celebrity criminal? Do you know what I mean? Like that's... Celebritize, yeah. basically. You monetize it until you get got. That's what happens. At yeah. this moment with OJ, I almost want him to go into prison. Like yeah. I, actually, I actually am like, no, you're being disgusting now. Like you actually need to serve time. 
like really go go to prison. Like uh, reading that, I felt a bit like um, R. Kelly vibes. Mm. Like, I, I was like, we should all be thoroughly disgusted at this man. So at that moment in time, I get the groundswell and what black people were like. We just want somebody to to fight this, but yeah. he wasn't the per. He did absolutely not deserve any black person backing him, but he got it. And instead of shutting up and being quiet and being thankful for his freedom, now he's coming out and just chatting all the time. And it's like, actually, no, you you did probably kill two people. Like, you need to serve time. Like, you actually... Do you know what with OJ, right? So, like, whatever happened, happened. So, like, that the, the thing, like, that aside, again... You know, like the position I come from, criminal justice system, found him not guilty, whatever. So that is what it is. But the conversation to be had is your mocking murder afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. So regardless of whether you did it or not, like that's, I guess, already been decided by the courts of law in the US. But what you are now doing afterwards is you're making a mockery of people getting murdered. And that's, that is a problem. That's heinous and disgusting. You know, so Auntie Nana, just like you were saying, to me, that's nasty behavior. How can you make a mockery of somebody losing their life through murder? Like, the, mother this, of your the mother of your children. That is disgusting. Even if you, even, I'm going to say, even if you didn't do it, it's like, it's just disrespectful across the board. Yeah, exactly. What's, he, what, what's he going to, like, what? What can he say though? Do you know what I mean? Like if he if he Nothing. if he believes that he didn't do it, do you know what I mean? Like what well, I mean, but you do you have to say I'm scared to go a whole I'm scared to go to LA in case I see the killer. Unless he's unpeeling some sort of big conspiracy theory where if he goes to like I I, I thought he lived in LA to be honest. So I don't know where he lives. No, I think he's in Vegas now. But like, so is it that you're going to go to LA and get killed by the killer, or not killed by the killer? See, you're going to see the killer. You didn't say you. You didn't say the killer's going to get you. You just said you might see. What? What is it? You see them in passing, and like, oh, you're scared. What is the situation? What's the scenario that you what go to LA? Is see if you to see them, you'd need to know who they are, right? Exactly. So you, say you know who they are. That's implication. That's the the man who wrote. What, if I did it, what did you? What yeah, did yeah. It, it was it was if like if I did it, 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 it this is what I do, kind of thing. If I if I think yeah. it was like if I killed Nicole, but the if the the F is really small. So when you first look at the book, you yeah. see I killed. It's yeah. just like no, you're taking the it's absolute awful. risk. I agree. It's awful. It's awful. I don't know well, what yeah, Samuel looks like. I I, I wouldn't. I, I I can't imagine what his head. His head must be a mess. Absolutely. He's nuts. He's nuts. He's nuts. He's nuts. He has to be nuts. Um, moving on quickly to, well, I don't understand the Love Island story. Please, girls, I can't. What's the Love just Island for, story? For the, look, it's, it's just for, classic. For, um, for, the record, for the record, Uncle Richie, Auntie AK and Auntie Farah do not watch Love Island. The oh, other two. And your and your hmm. Richie, do you watch Love Island? Of course I do. Thank you. I mean, this is it. So you. you're probably very aware of the Clarice and Kaz colorism situation that's been going on. So it's basically just that. Clarice, I think she's mixed, or she's very light. She's Guyanese and French, I think. Yeah. I read, okay, okay. So there was a spate that happened online where when she got taken out because Tyler wanted to be with Kaz, Sideman put up a tweet just saying, I love it when girls like Clarice are humbled, and then he deleted it. 
following on from that, there was a, a series of like, I guess, Instagram posts where we could see she had liked and the inferences on each of the posts was you're prettier than Kaz. I don't know how he picked Kaz. Like it should have been you type of thing. So then that infers that she thought that she was better than Kaz. And then the assumption was she thought that she was better than Kaz because she's light skin. And most people would presume that Tyler would pick the light skin girl over the dark skin girl. That was the split. She's done a video saying that it wasn't her liking and commenting on these comments. It was her team that was managing her social media. And lots of people are like, you're lying, chick, because you was out of the house when all of these messages were going out. My question was more like, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. It just feels like whenever there is two black women and one happens to be light skinned, if there's anything in there, it seems to go down the colorism route. And I wasn't particularly like sold on this narrative with these two personally. So I just wanted to know what you guys were thinking. Is it always this is the case? Or do black people just jump to this as a default? Like the the dark-skinned woman is the victim always and is being overlooked. Did they like each other, the two chicks? Did they get on? Did they like no, each other? No, nah, not really, because they're really. friends. The same guy. Do you know what so I mean? They're fighting for the same guy and they're not friends, right? No. Not so friends. if you're fighting for the same guy and you're not friends, and someone says, You're better than her anyway, you're gonna be like, Yeah, I am. Why are you gonna be like, No, no, I'm not? I'm not like I, I, I mean, I don't watch the show, but it's just she just liked something online, right? Where they said you're yeah. better than that person. Yeah, but the thing in, in that situation where you're fighting for this guy, I, I, but at I, that point, that point, like she'd already come out of the house. She she she'd already come out. She'd spoke on it already, kind of thing. So it was like yeah. liking after that. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like, why are you so pressed? Like just leave it alone. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's just like, the What's the yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I I just think like there's no there's kind of no need for it other people have been in similar situations and don't like those kind of comments it just kind of it's just like more of like like how how why do you, um when when you're on those show, those shows everything when you come out obviously everything you do is under scrutiny okay that's definitely going to be think do you know what i mean so like knowing that or your your team knowing that you know, basically, this was just done to cause a buzz. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, she's no longer in the show. This makes her still relevant. It makes her still part of the conversation. That's what I think it's more to do with that than anything. And then the apology, like, uh, I mean, I feel her, but at the same time, like, I think you can't, you just can't ignore it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, it's, it's just one of those things that is part of our culture. It's only now people are really starting to talk about it and having the, you, do you know what I mean? Having these in-depth conversations about it. Obviously Twitter is a very toxic place and you're going to get like a real intense reaction from people and stuff. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen all the time. Do you know what I mean? And also as well, he did, to, to a certain extent, he did pick Clarice over Kaz. He did. He went to Castlemore and he picked Clarice. He brought her back. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I feel like, I, I feel like, yeah, I think there's a bit of truth in it. Do you know what I mean? I, th I think, I think, I and think. And was shading the other girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's hard. It's, 
it, it would be um, as intelligent as she comes across. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Why? <laughs> Why would you, you do that? Do you, that from, do you get that more from? Sorry, I just. Do you get that more from her liking the comment or her apology? Both of them, to be honest. Do you know also what I mean? Her, her behavior think, in the house as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because I don't like. I said, okay, fine. From when she. She she thought because the thing is as well yeah like it's it's uh, maybe okay there's there's layers to it do you know what I think I don't think it's just colorism do you know what I mean I think it's also pretty privileged and I also think it's reject like rejection handling let's put it that way kind of thing like there are some girls <laughs> who don't have a lot of experience of being rejected and so you you do think that when he picked her and brought her in. That she definitely thought there's no way he is gonna go back to Kaz because he has me. And within that is her pretty privilege, but also her skin tone. You're not going to go for that girl over me. She definitely displayed a are you kidding me type yeah. of reaction to when he was a bit like, I'm conflicted. I'm not sure. But I don't know if that specifically. Uh, but you know I have my thing about Kaz. I think she's cute, but the bonnet and the glasses kill me. <laughs> you, you got you, you that, I judging. do, it hurts me. I'm just like, okay, if I was Clarice, are you going to be like, is it just her skin tone or, uh, I don't know, is it everything oh, else? I, I don't know. Let's, bring, let's bring on Clarice in. Oh, go on, finish what you're saying. No, I'm just going to say, but like, we can't, we don't, we, we, we cannot ignore, like, especially when this, um, a love island lives in our culture kind of thing there is like an invisible pecking order do you know what i mean like people would instantly like if they were put at the same time in the villa at the same time clarice is probably more likely to get picked than cats and we would expect that do you know what i mean because that's that's what we see in our society that's that's what we see do you know what i mean so i just don't i i i, I can't i just i cannot believe that she would have just be like, no, it's not that, no. And also as well, the rejection stuff is on both sides. Because Kaz, yeah, also, not she just handles it in a very different way. Kaz represses her emotion constantly. That's what she does. Like, she is not used to being rejected either. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I think it's, uh, what's the word? I think it's, I think it's more of a pretty privileged thing. All right. Then we need to explore and interrogate what pretty is and why we have the assumption that pretty looks a particular way. So for me, looking at Kaz, I think she's a beautiful girl in the same way that Clarice is. And we can't, what we can't do is act like colorism isn't a structure that exists and has an influence on what we find attractive and what we don't find attractive. And if you look at other people on Love Island who got with other people, they're not like what you would pick her over me. That her over me, there is something underneath that. And we need to be honest in the interrogation around what that means and what the message is underneath it. Did she say um, that? No, no, but no, she didn't say that directly. Oh. But it was uh, like the comments that was being, like, like under there, basically. Yeah. Mm. I think if colorism is directly embedded into desirability politics, then we cannot divorce why the expectation was that he picked the lighter skinned woman because she was deemed to be more beautiful. And I am not someone who is like, oh, poor dark skinned women, they're not fine attractive by anyone, because that's a lie. 
right? Like, and mm. that reinforcing that for young girls, I think is very dangerous. Like yeah. telling young dark skin girls, you're not attractive and the world doesn't see you as attractive. That's a, that's a lie, yeah. right? So, you, you know, that doesn't uplift anyone. But if we look at colorism as a structure of desirability, we cannot divorce that from the decisions that Tyler made and the expectation that Clarice had that she should be picked. And I can't say that was the exact reason why she thought what she thought, but we, what we can't do, not we, but we collectively as in everybody, what we can't do is diminish that and say, oh no, it can't be that because we see it often. And people talk about experiencing it in school and in nightclubs and around their friends and in their family structures. So if we know it's embedded into so many different things, then I don't think it's outrageous to consider that colorism plays a part in the fact that Clarice thought she was going to get Tyler and Kaz wouldn't. See, for me, when you look at it, I feel like, for me, Kaz is beautiful. But you know, on top of her beauty, the way she rasped up Tyler, I was sitting there with my friend watching it. When she rasped him up, I thought, that's a that'd be a bit of me. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, listen, be accountable. You said this, that doesn't make sense. You're acting like this and you're doing this and you're saying this. What is it? Tyler tried to give her some bullshit answers. She said, no, 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 no. Don't bullshit me. You did this. Explain it. And for me, I was like, like that's a bit of me. You see that behavior and attitude, like the, the fact that you just don't take no shit and you're going to hold somebody accountable. That's something I find attractive. I didn't see that come across in Clarice. And for me, and I'm not just saying this, I think they're equally as attractive as each other. And when you start mm. to it, dissect what people say about beauty and how they view Kaz and how they view Clarice, the, the two narratives are very different. And I've seen colorism embedded in them. So I'm not saying it is the cause, but what I am saying is it wouldn't be outrageous to consider that that's had an impact on the situation. So um, back, I fully agree with what pretty much you've all said. Um, back to about the victimhood thing, and it is tiring being a dark-skinned woman, having to balance the reality of colorism and the reality that you're in your life experience that you might have been rejected because you're dark-skinned and you know it. And sometimes it's hard to explain that you know that. Especially uh, I've had experience being a dark-skinned woman come into a room, they say there's a room and you know there's men around, you can see them passing over you and you kind of know what it is. Could be that you, you, you kind of, there's, there's, you just have that, you know, intuition, you know, like, okay. And that thing where you have to kind of think, is this guy gonna, does he date dark skin guys, dark, dark skin women? Well, all those type of things that go through your head, but you've got to try and move through life without being a victim. Um, the other day we went out on the weekend and a guy, I was getting lots of compliments. I think it's cause I've dropped, I've got COVID diet. So I'm a bit slim. I look cute. First time out. Dude, you get compliments all the time. Don't even. Yeah. It's not. No, 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 first of all. Very true. Very true. You need to take it in whatever it is. No, this is not This is not what we're doing. You do. No, actually, actually, my life experience, thank you very much, guys. I'm not usually someone that walks in the room and gets lots of compliments. I am not. I'm not saying it for pity. It's the truth. This time around, this this um, I'm only saying it because the notice is more different. This particular time, I got more compliments for whatever reason. It is what it is. This particular time, it wasn't loads. And my point is, but no, one guy. Was like, because because you looked, you looked you energy back in it. Do you know what I mean? If you I, said, no, but, no, but this is. But can I finish my story? I understand. <laughs> like I said, I have grown. That's what I'm saying. The journey to get in here. Mental narrative. The journey to get the journey to getting here has been a long one. That's my mm -hmm. point. However, that particular day, this particular day, and I'm not even putting anything on it. All I was trying to get to was the fact that some dude was like, 
Ah, oh, dark skinned girls are the most beautifulest. The darker the berry, the, the, the darker the juice, you know who it is, darker the berry, sweeter yeah. the juice. And I was like, and he said it with an expectation that I'm going to go, oh my God, yes. Yeah. I'm the person. And I was a bit like, and this is the thing, probably like Dr. Zoe, you go for this mental thing. I don't want to come across and be the angry dark skinned girl or the bitter dark skinned girl because we have that reputation. And it's like, I want to be, I don't want to be like, I'm grateful for your compliment because actually, and I, so all I said was, well, you know what? I don't sleep with women, so I don't know if their juice is sweeter. And I made a kind of joke out of it because I'm like, I don't want you to feel like you have to uplift me in that way. If you mm. like me, you like me, but let's not, I can't, and I don't want to reject anyone who's being honest about the whole thing. And if you think darker the berry sweet the juice is fine, but he said it as a grand statement, kind of to me, but kind of to the, you know, to the world. Yeah. The, and it's like, and then he had, was entertaining some people in that conversation. And I was just like, I don't want that either. I don't want to walk for this existence as that's what it is. Let's just be real. And it is, as we've all said, unpack the conversations honestly, and sometimes it's on dark skin side issues, sometimes it's lighting girls issues. And let's find a common ground and start normalizing where you can say these two are equally beautiful or equally butters and it moves forward like that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I know I know exactly what you what you're saying. That grandstanding of like, oh my God, I just love chocolate girls. And it's like the fact that you're even referring to me as a as a chocolate pisses me off as well yeah. but you don't even want to go down that road but it is the I'm not going to be a I'm not going to lap up any type of compliment for the sake of a compliment type of like oh my god I should be super like complimented that you you managed to see me that's the whole thing of the dark skin narrative that I really hate like the any compliment you kind of like lap it up because there isn't any out there it as well and like, it's, and it's, it, is, it is that thing of it's actually not true so the more it's kind of presented and the the stream of articles that the guardian seems to put out there like you know black women are less likely to get any play on dating sites and everything it's like you're also playing into it you're trying to be like oh we're trying to like level the playing field but no you're not you're actually like reinforcing this colorism story to keep on going, which is just racism, it's just anti-blackness. It that also pisses me off. Which was, I don't know. I, I guess what you're saying is right though, because there probably was an element of colorism within the Clarice and Kaz story. But at the same time, I think that they're both equally beautiful and they tried to get a dude and one lost. So I didn't want her to be the villain of the piece because it's just you just lost out on a dude. He there was something about Kaz that was more attracted to him, and it doesn't have to be the dark skin girl was the villain, and the the light skin girl was the villain, and the dark skin girl was like saved by the dam like was the damsel in distress and was saved. I don't like that. I think it's about rebranding. It's rebranding the narrative and making sure that we explore it honestly, as I've said. But as you guys were saying, as you're, you're, you're giving me my advice, but I, I wasn't, it, this is a journey because it is that. You read the articles, you have the experiences. And the thing is, you magnify, as humans, you magnify the negative. So in my life, it could have been like two, three guys that might have said, yeah, you're dark skin, so no. And then I'm ignoring the guys that I have been out with, the situations I have been in, the people that who I have actually, not my list of guys is not, has, I don't look at anyone and say, oh, I did that just because, I couldn't get anything else. I've had met, I, all my boyfriends or interactions have been with people that I find mutually attractive. So we forget that and we harp on that because society rams it down our throat. So it's about changing that narrative and walking, because it is confidence. There's a confidence. Oh God, I can't remember the conversation where someone was literally saying that, that 
you started getting attention when you'd build confidence. So we need to know how to build, put confidence into each other. And especially it, the groups that get shit on, short men, dark skinned women, if that be the case, <laughs> with them and change the narrative whilst not being, ignoring it and acting like it's not there as well. That's actually an interesting uh, angle. <laughs> like, to, uh, can you compare short men to dark skin? Like, that's yeah, interesting. I would like to explore that in a conversation. I just picked two groups I got shit on, not to say they're... I'm just saying that's an interesting yeah. combo. Oh, God. What are you going to say, Auntie Shadow? You look like you want to say... I was, no, I was going to say, what's interesting to me in the whole kind of Love Island um, process is that some of the non-black contestants are literally just not as pretty as Kaz or Clarice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that that just blows my mind anyway. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like they're they're creating this story between these two women and it's just like everyone's just ignoring the fact that you've got basic over here. Do you know what I mean? That probably is gonna win the show. It's just are yeah. you talking about Faye? Well not just Faye, I think Chloe there's no need to explore. There's no need to explore. Let's get the comments. Well, Chloe, who can't talk properly. Yes, 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 yes. That's not real. Like, she's yeah, pretty- yeah, yeah. I've kind of warned to Chloe and Toby. How <laughs> have you? Seriously. Yeah, I them both. They make me laugh. They're both. To be fair, they do actually make me laugh. They are entertaining. Yeah. They get so much airtime. It's hard not. Do you know what I mean? I'm like- sorry. How are you? <laughs> I'm just like, you, you, I, I feel like I'm somewhere and you lot are talking in Spanish because <laughs> Hola. people and I want to, I want to, that's why I'm asking questions because I want to try and picture what's going on. But Let's it's, watch it. Kaz and Chloe and every time you say Chloe, so I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's what I was going to say. So thank you, Kendi's. I didn't like Sideman's original comment. I didn't like that. I didn't. Oh, I, let's, get the, let's get the comments and react to that then, and then we can need to move okay. on. Okay. All right. So we have other Auntie Aquia states colorism is just another way to try and split up black people colorism is bullcrap it's not to say it doesn't exist it's about power and it's a feature of racism but it's also a good way to create division between different black people especially black women as a dark-skinned woman if you take colorism to heart all you're doing is bowing down to your own internal subservient internalized racism Personally, I don't like the way colorism forces light-skinned black women to sit on their beauty and light and light around dark-skinned sisters. I don't like it at all. But Auntie AK, you don't re- you don't really know what's in a man's head. You assumed we all assume, and then we think our assumptions are fact. Our assumptions are not facts. I don't know what that's referred to. And uh, Sandy says, people showed their colorism towards Sideman too when they instantly said he's picking Clarice apart because he's been knocked back by a light-skinned girl. No, he had very valid points, as he always has. They try to invalidate him as a dark-skinned man. What did happen? What happened? Yeah, I... story. Saying you like to get, see women get humbled is not a valid point. Nah. That's misogyny. Yeah. So when you look at a woman and say women need to be humbled, that's misogyny. Bottom line. No that's argument. What that's what he yeah. said. That's what he said. 
That's a real I, contradiction in most things that come out of his mouth. That's you know what? I think I, I, well, I'm assuming, but I don't think that he he thought that through. Hence why he deleted it because he usually stands by what he says, right? Do you know what I mean? I don't think he thought that 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 properly through when he said that. But I just don't think actually also as well. I think he's a, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think there's uh, there's a growing brand of um, people who are um, speaking on certain things, and it gives gives them more popularity. I don't know why I can't speak properly today, but mm. um, but do you know what I mean? Like I think I think he's sometimes it seems like he's kind of leaning to that kind of side of things. He's just saying whatever, and I don't think I don't think I I don't think he. Um, What's it? I just don't. I think he chose. I think he chose the wrong words. But I wouldn't be surprised if he actually thought that, though. Do you know what I mean? It's an immediate reaction. Yeah. What so, other what? words can you pick? Like, I, I'm sorry. I, you see this grace thing? I get it. You said you like to see women get humbled. There's no other words. You said what you felt in the moment, he, and he, when you got dragged for it, you removed the tweet. That is. Yeah. I, Listen, he did, but he did go on to explain himself. He did go on to explain himself, and he, I think, he didn't, he wasn't very articulate in terms of what he actually meant in that moment. You know what he said? (laughs) No, definitely. I think there was, uh, I think, I think it's that thing that I was saying. There's a strand of people that like to see light skinned women on their asses in the face of colorism, like that you want to. You want to make them feel small. And he basically, like, said that. Like, actually, I like to see women like Clarice get their day and be humbled. And that's the thing with me where I'm like, that's not actually solving. That's not actually moving anything forward. Because all that is, to me, is another black woman being shit on. It doesn't matter if she's light or dark. She's being shit on in that moment. And... That's the thing where he had backlash from that because lots of people were like, "That's not okay." She's still she's still a black woman, you know. Who you're being like, "Yeah, it's great to see her get shit on," but because when you're heralding up a dark skinned woman, that's not, it, it, there's no up and down. They're women, and one lost out on a man. That's all it was. Like, yeah. that's a, but I mean, no colorism is underlining on that. To be honest, but I just think that that that's what it was. He was trying to kind of like praise has in that situation almost you know what i mean kind of thing why putting someone down and you shouldn't do that and that's what i didn't yeah. like about it what, what, what i really need said was that i didn't like his comment i really didn't and i didn't like the facts um i just did I, I just didn't think i just didn't think it was warranted for him to say it like that to be honest do you know what i mean yeah. but i don't think that i don't know actually i don't know my ju- I, my um, my opinion is actually out jury's out on him now actually um, I think cause, but to what he said and to that narrative, it's that thing where because light-skinned girls are tri- trophy tro- are portrayed as trophies and yeah. a prize to catch and to parade on your arm, especially even in the public, in the spotlight, there's an element of real deep hurt and rebuff, rebuff like de- hurt and offence that certain men get when, and so it's like they want to take them down, like, yeah, she thinks she's too nice, like, like and then they, 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 they whether it turns into abuse or anything like that, they 
treat the light skinned woman bad in that respect. And we, and especially when you're when you're from a, maybe a dark skinned woman who's looking like, oh, that light skinned girl gets all the men. It's not a pretty journey for them either. And you're looking at it from the victim perspective, but also there's light skinned women who are really treated badly because men, some certain men feel like I've got you and I've got to keep you. I remember a guy telling me that he won't date light skinned girl because they make him feel some way. And so his other thing was to date dark skinned girls as a, because he doesn't have the guts or the strength or the security to date light skinned women. Yeah, and, and, and that, that is an absolute bullshit. Or <laughs> you, have, you have other men that will be like, I will date a light skinned girl and I'll treat her like shit. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, 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 it's, it's, it's all shit though. Like, yeah. you know, when you're like, the, the, you treating her like shit doesn't make me feel better. You just treated another, to me, it's like you treated a sister and like shit. You will treat me like shit. Like, that's, that's exactly. The that's the key there. It's, it's, it's not okay. So I'm never, it's, like, it's and I think it was good. One person, shit yeah. on someone over another. It's just not, it's just not okay. It's all misogyny, all of it. This is it. That's how I see it. If you're going to shit on that person, there's no way I can think you won't do the same shit to me because yeah. it's in you. However, your ego is going to play it out. You may say it was their fault, but your ego is in that mode. I may do something that triggers your ego and it will come on me. I'm not going to think you're only doing it to that girl. Like, and it's not, it's not, that to me, is foolishness. And it's not going to impress me because it, you know, I can't it's, lie it's yet. I don't want to believe, I can't lie, I don't want to believe yet yeah, that. That um that sideman in particular <laughs> is 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 doing this for because I think that certain opinions. So like when he said like oh he only wants to work with dark skinned women yeah kind of thing I didn't agree with that either I thought that was no, what you say like this is this is this is ridiculous we've got to get him on these things that 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 get popularity and then do you know what I mean I just hope it's not for likes man. No, I, I, I honestly really do want to get him on because I want to ask him these questions because, honest to me, the game he's playing is pissing me off now. And I, I have a lot of respect for him, but it, it, it is. It's just pissing me off. It's pissing me off. He probably Let's, won't come on. Do we have time? I really want him to come on. Do we um, have time to talk? about Lizzo or should we move on? It's all about our guests as well. We've got to respect. We've got to move on. Okay, let's go. This whole thing, I've got so many thoughts on the discussion and I'm no comment in it. And that's I know. what I'm say. Yeah. I'm no commenting in it. That's why I moved on because I felt yeah, like... let's keep it pushing. All right, so what's made you guys sad, <laughs> mad and glad this week? Uncle Richie, you go first. What's made you sad? No, listen, yeah. <laughs> Fucking... Justin Bieber on the Essence remix. Is that sad or mad? What's it? What's it made you mad? Okay. So, like, this is an unpopular opinion. The verse was trash. I'm happy for Wizkid. You know, like, obviously, bigging up his platform and that. Like, the original got enough listens. Great, but Justin Bieber rid that rhythm and beat like it was an R&B song, and it's not. You know, I could tell from the way you're singing. You know nothing about Afrobeats music. Nothing. Because you just come and sung some shit. We're whining in the club. You're whining on me. I can feel your body. Shut up. The, the verse was trash. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> it just made you sad, mad, and glad. That just made you mad. <laughs> I love Essence, man. I love that tune. Isn't it? So I'm very glad. But you see Justin Bieber's verse is trash. And there are people defending it. And that's very anti-black. Can I just say something, Richie? You slightly maybe. <laughs> 
I love it. That was the best statement yeah, ever. Sorry, so sorry, what did you say, Uncle Richie? He said it's anti-black. Anti-black. <laughs> boy, boy. How do you feel about Ed Sheeran? What do you mean about Ed Sheeran? I don't listen to Ed, his Ed music. Okay. So I don't really feel any way, to be honest. You see me, I'm, I'm a, I like ghetto music. So you know, like, oh, Joe Deceit and Boys to Men, I'll pick Joe Deceit. You know what I mean? I'm a H-Town man. I like a bit of like ghetto hood to my music. You know what I mean? Early Mary J. Blige, Jagged mm-hmm. Edge. Like if it's like R&B, I like the... Mm-hmm. The, the, the golden era. So what's made era. you sad? So that's, so I'm trying to get into, because your homework was sad, mad and glad. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah? Sad, um, what made me sad this week? That One thing made me sad and glad. Can I use it? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. It doesn't sound like I'm plugging, but I'm genuinely not. So on Sunday, we did a show on HIV okay. and in the black community. And it made me sad because it reminded me how many people have to live, live with the stigma and carry that around with them. But it made me glad that we had a fucking fantastic show, man. And we platformed some amazing people. And I feel like we really started to create some sort of change. Like to the point where I was welling up when the show ended, you know, like it was so emotional that. Yeah, yeah, it got me. It got me. So it made me sad because, you know, it's a sad subject in a way that it's dealt with by society. But it was such a beautiful show. It just, I'm buzzing from it all now. See, I'm glad I pushed you to answer. Good. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Auntie Shadow. Okay, I'm just going to say, yeah, you see the... (laughs) First of all, that's not my favourite track on the album. And it never has been, right? So I wasn't too fussed and I was a bit like, what's happening? Like where I'm hearing it everywhere. I think, I'm not mad at it though. I'm just not mad at it. I think he done what he does. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really, I don't really, I I wouldn't expect him to do anything else. If he had tried to speak Pidgin or even Yoruba, I I don't know what I'd do with myself. I'd be deeply offended. So I'm glad that he stayed in his lane in that sense. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, it will block, you know, the the track will go mainstream. It is gone mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. It is, it it will, it will keep it there. And people will go nuts. If when Wiz Wiz comes to London, he brings out Justin Bieber, it will be a moment. I, I just think. I'm, I'm seeing it from that aspect, really and truly. But anyway, you, what's made you sad, mad, and glad this anyway, morning? <laughs> just have to get my piece in. Um, sad, uh, Nipsey Hussle, it was his birthday the other day, and I was just really sad um, because it just reminded me that we lost such a great talent. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Too young and what he's done for his community and what he stands for and everything just reminded me that, you know, all the good go young and go first and everything like that. Um, what made me mad was I was mad at the aunties, actually. Do you know what I mean? But I tried to handle it in a grown-up way. So I did not lose my temper. I did not shout at anyone. I didn't have a hissy fit. Maybe that's I what the aunties like, need. Say that again? Maybe that's what the aunties need. No, because you, you, you guys didn't do what you were supposed to do. So it didn't. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, meant, I need you to. Oh, sorry. 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 No, 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 let me just pause, let me just pause. I just have to give a moment of praise to Auntie AK, who completed their assignment on time and well. Do you know what I mean? So she should get a round of applause. Well done. If you saw our reels recently on Instagram, you at your aunties could never, you would see Auntie AK 
dancing with her beautiful daughter and it was just such a lovely reel. So thank you, Auntie AK, for that piece of content. And you guys, Auntie Nana and Auntie Farah, I'm annoyed at you. You guys need to be on the naughty step. Get your reels in. Get them in on time. People want to see the content. Hurry up. Can I just say? Not really. I, but... <laughs> I was going to say, I appreciate what you just said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, but can I just say, <laughs> I have to watch a whole hour's worth of something and chop that bad boy down. These not just do... You don't have to... You don't, oh, you wow. Oh, wait, did you just reduce oh, my choreography? Yeah. Just, just click, click, click. click. Oh, what? I mean, I'm just minding my own business. I loved it. No, come on. I loved it and I've watched it like a million times because it's bad. And yeah, so I'm not, I'm just joking. I'm just just. I know. We play, we play. All right. What's your glad, Shanti? I'm my glad. So, my glad was, uh, is my, it was my niece's birthday. Um, my niece, Stephanie, who everyone knows I love dearly she turned 24 um last week friday her birthday is on the 13th and it's a lucky number in our family um and yeah she just um she's just the epitome of like talent and intelligence and grace and beauty and yeah i just love her to pieces and it's just amazing that i get to be her auntie and see her flourish she's yeah she's great i love her I love it. Um, I'm sad that I thought I had written down my notes and I haven't. So hold on one second. So what's made me sad this week? Nothing's made me sad, which is a good thing. Um, Matt, I'm still mad at Quentin Tarantino, and I can't remember to give him the story, give go into the story. But I just, I just don't like him. And I think like every week I don't have a mad. It's going to be Quentin Tarantino until he just stops making films. Oh. Yes, yeah, stop making films of reckoning your. From when he said. He's done more for the black community making Django. He needs to get Imagine. the fuck out of here. Mean it, guys. No, 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 no. Shade. I'm joking. <laughs> no. Um, and oh, this was a really cute thing that I saw. Oh no, my, am I mad? I'm also my mad is um obviously Justin Bieber and Whiskey. My thing is, we don't need Justin. You're bigger than Justin to me. And what made me mad actually was a video clip that was going around with Justin say my brother in some mad accent. So he didn't do pigeon, but he was like, my brother, something, something. And he was like doing some weird arthritic kind of walk. And everyone's like, oh, he's, he's imitating Wizkid to get culture, vulture, behavior. We cuss other people. Shut up, Justin. You're damn dreads. And on your album, you had some Martin Luther King references to, to trivial. No, 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 no. Leave it alone. I understand. You really are a part of the culture. You've grown up in it. I get the influences. But I just don't all the way believe every single part. I don't, so just, just stop acting. Be you. Be, I'd rather you went baby in essence. <laughs> that makes sense. Remix that shit in. Do some bits and it'll be the bad boy thing. Just stop the, you didn't need to be like my brother. You don't need to do that. You don't. That's what made me mad. And then I'm glad because um, I saw on Instagram randomly um, some some survivors from the Tulsa massacre hmm. from America went to Ghana. And they, yeah. their, wish, their dying wish, well, not dying wish, their like, desperate wish was to go to Africa before they leave this earth. And they did. Um, I'll put the link in because I haven't got too much. Sorry, I don't want to take too long. But yeah, I was really glad to see that. That's really nice and sweet. Auntie Nana. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, as I said earlier on, I was super sad just waking up to hear the news of Haiti. 
that really did like make me sad and I prayed for them mad um see so I was away for the weekend for a wedding stayed at the Holiday Inn in Ipswich booked a, a late checkout and they decided that the hotel was fully booked so they wouldn't honor my late checkout we was in the pool and at a, they must have started packing up all of our stuff from the room at 12 o'clock and they put it in a big kind of tub. Like, you know, when you see the women like changing the bed sheets, it was one of those tubs. So it's just got a shitty bottom. They put our toothbrushes at the bottom. Like they didn't put it in a bag. They put my husband's professional camera just in the tub with all of our clothes. Like they just threw everything in a tub. We get there at about 20 past 12, just 20 past 12 to a woman with a tub who is extremely like apologetic. The, the, the cleaner woman is like, I can't believe we've done this to you guys. We thought you had left the hotel. I'm so, so sorry. She then damages her thumb and she's trying to get the tub back in. Her thumb's bleeding. She's apologizing. My husband's going off on this woman. All I'm thinking is, shit, this ho- this hotel has fucked up. Yes, I'm getting a refund. So I've put in for the refund. Hopefully that will happen. But in that moment, my blood was boiling that the boys were having to see this spectacle going on while we were having a lovely day at the hotel. So that was my mad. But also on top of that was the mad of Justin Bieber as well. That was maddening because I hate that we feel like we have to penetrate these markets when really they are using us. And and as much as WizKid is thinking, oh, I'm getting into this market, into like doing something with Justin, Justin was dead in the water a little while ago until he put dreads in his hair and, and, and came with Martin Luther King. He is just using black culture and he's used black culture and he pisses me off. Really, honourable thing, and as much as I don't even like this dude, but I feel like Chris Brown, would have done something with that verse more so than Justin Bieber. So that made me mad as well. And then I'm super glad the weekend that I was away in Ipswich was for my friend Colin and Lloyd's wedding. And we had an amazing time. They've been together 17 years, got married. They got two daughters. They really helped me when I had Okai as I didn't know anything about having prem babies. And they had had a premature child in the same hospital, the same time Lloyd gave birth at 32 weeks, the same as me. It was just really comforting seeing Mia, like she was a big girl by then, like maybe four years old and just being like, he's going to be fine. He's going to go through this, probably going to have jaundice. You'll be here for three to four weeks and then you'll come out. And that literally was the flow of the time that we was in hospital, but they were really helpful. So I love them dearly. So thank you, Colin and Loy. And we had a brilliant time in Ipswich. Sorry, Auntie. F- thank that was beautiful. Thank sorry, Auntie Farah. My page was up, so I missed your name, Auntie Farah. What's made you sad, mad, and glad? Uh, you're on mute. Um, I'm sad about Haiti and what's going on there. The devastation that's been caused by the natural disasters over there, and the fact that so many people have died and so many people are displaced from their homes. I'm very sad about that. I am mad about all the people who are claiming that it's because they're devil worshipping. And I, I just wish people would fucking get an education and just bun this narrative now. I'm mad at that. Um, I am glad it was my brother's 30th birthday yesterday. So 
I'm a little bit sad that I didn't get to go because I had a dicky stomach, but I am very glad and happy that he turned 30. And I, again, same sort of thing that you were saying, Artie He's just like the most amazing person. Um, I'm so proud of him. And he's just grown up into the most wonderful man. Side note, I am glad that yesterday was my Auntie Mary's 91st birthday. Wow. <laughs> wow. And the woman looks like she's in her late 60s, early 70s. Like Auntie Mary is a bad girl for life. 91, all all her fully, fully compassmentous, everything she still gets about, does what she needs. Love her. Big up Auntie Mary. Yes, that's Auntie amazing. Mary. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. All right, last little bit. Uncle Richie, have you got an unpopular opinion? Have you got someone on your hit list? You got someone wanna give a warning, don't piss you off. <laughs> Do you want to recommend something? Oh, <laughs> There's a few, but I'm not gonna. My Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's on my hit list at the moment. To be honest. All right, say nothing. Let's get the last comment before we go. Is me a prick? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him. I've got a little soft spot in my heart for Justin Bieber. Leave Listen, him. Are you new people on here, or? <laughs> 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 Auntie, Auntie, please. <laughs> I have. Like he's a little boy, isn't it? He? Like he's leaving. He ain't little anymore, dude. Like yeah, but, yeah, but that's you know he was a little. Okay, anyway, we, we, we're going off into a tangent, and we're not supposed to when someone has an unpopular opinion. So I won't say anymore. Okay, all right, so I'll go with Candy. So, um, hang on. She, right, so this is just following on from the Kaz and Clarice thing. So, Candy says, No, he didn't want her to feel small as a light skinned woman. He was talking about receiving karma for her treatment of Kaz. I think that's in regards to Sideman. Um, and Mr. Tang says, Shut up, Bieber. Uh, Aquia says, thanks, Auntie AK. Tarantino is an idiot, always has been. And we have a final. Candy says, happy birthday, Auntie Mary. Nice, nice, nice. Well, guys, well, first of all, thank you to our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful special guest, Uncle Richie Brave in the house. Don't forget to tune into One Extra Talks. Please give the times. Uh, Nine till ten every Sunday. Every nine Sunday, ten, nine to ten. Every, every Sunday, nine to ten on BBC Radio One Extra. And catch him on his socials. He's active. He talks. He gets into it. You might learn some more things about him. God, ladies, <laughs> you won't. Wait, a little bit of weight and kindness. Get your practice on. Because he, remember, he said it's complicated. <laughs> it's then a complication, but if it becomes uncomplicated and <laughs> single, then... <laughs> Prime. If it becomes uncomplicated and better, then leave him alone. I'm I'm not trying to fuck up your shit. But, but remember I... when somebody would say their relationship status was complicated on Facebook? Like I don't think it's there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. remember, that was always seen as like a, a halfway kind of halfway mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not going back into your business. I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, like when somebody says it's complicated, it's usually there's room for maneuvering. It's and whichever way, and we don't know which way. Yeah, we don't. Heat. Yes. Okay. So anyway, thank you, Uncle Richie, for joining <laughs> the aunties. Episode 73. Guys, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and YouTube. We're everywhere. And remember to join us back here every Tuesday at our usual time of 5 p.m. But we do shift it because we have careers. We're, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We all, we all got crazy schedules. But usually 
5 p.m. GMT time. Um, and we're back with your aunties could never. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.